with a yes lock. Harper fighting with everything he has. It's in. It's locked in. Yes lock applied. Harper. Harper could have been a moment away from tapping. And Rowan breaks it up. We'll never know because Rowan is absolutely destroying Daniel Bryan. Things are about to go very, very far south for Daniel Bryan. This is like deja vu from last week all over again. God, it's Kane! He's back! Marching straight from the mouth of hell, the devil's favorite demon has returned. Oh, wait a minute! And the big red machine to Harper and Rowan! Harper and Rowan seemed frozen in time, and now... Look at the background of your screen. Daniel Bryan to Harper and Rowan. Double drop kick. Harper goes down. Rowan's still moving. Daniel with the knee. Uh-oh. Kane. Harper about to go for the ride. Choke slam. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Indeed, Justin is I, the lean, mean podcasting machine, the best you've ever seen, Josh C. You know what, Josh? I have to say, because uh, I feel like people can tell that, especially, this is one of the things that jumped out at me when we, two weeks ago, we had our one-year anniversary That's show. right, yeah. Uh, Congrats to us once again. Yeah. Some uh, say I haven't stopped celebrating. No, <laughs> I'm still popping bottles, baby. <laughs> uh, it's just podcast anniversaries all over the place for me right That's now. That's right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we went back into the archives. We pulled out the intro for episode one. Right. And slapped that on at the beginning A of great episode call. 54. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it sounds a lot different, dramatically <laughs> different. Yeah. But I feel like even if we dropped into, like, episode 20, my intro would probably be words-wise exactly what I just said to open this episode. Right. But maybe the enthusiasm level and, like, the sing-songiness, like, the promo yeah. vibe of it would not be the same. And I got to say, you're a big part of that energy <laughs> because you're sitting there the whole time you're like mouthing the words but more than that you're like gesticulating wildly you've got these like arm <laughs> movements you're like getting I, all pumped up and i'm feeding off of your energy even though you're completely silent so thank you for that my friend no i suppose it's uh, the snake eating its own tail because uh, as you know both of us we do this show very often after work you know and sometimes i need some sort of some sort of bridge to separate my work life from the to, for doing the show and as soon as you kick into that i close my eyes and i and i'm fired up and so yeah thank you thank me and like you said justin 
This is Top Marks. It sure is. And uh, this is Top Marks probably out at uh, a decent time this week, I would assume. Well, if, you're, we, if you're listening to this, I can only assume that it's uh, you know potentially Thursday night or Friday afternoon as yep. you listen to this, yep. which is about the timeline that I wanted to put last week's episode out. Yes, people uh, were not happy pe- with the people, tardiness. I was, I, <laughs> I was uh, a certified heel. To the listeners of this show, it's last true. Week. But I think I also have to share some of the blame there. Uh, yes, uh, because if I, I would prefer it if you explained yourself right now. Yeah, because if I, I had to go away for work. The, the or no, I was going to the island mm-hmm. for for to a cabin, and so we had to do the only day I was available to do both the Patreon episode and Top Marks proper was Thursday. So we ended up doing this like. Eight hours. It was it was nine hours straight of yeah. recording top marks. If well, you include watching. watching the what we had to watch yeah. for for bonus marks this month, which for you Patreon subscribers is the 2018 and if I'm not mistaken 17th annual. That's right. Yeah. Tournament of Death. Yeah. CCW's blood and guts were on full display, and my friend Jordan Desharm and I forced. Justin Morissette to watch and the entire it was, tournament. It was literally like uh, that scene in A Clockwork Orange where <laughs> guys got the things like That's right. holding his eyes open. Like crying his eyelids. Yeah, I needed that actually. If anything, uh, that probably would have made the experience easier for me <laughs> because uh, I basically stayed awake for close to 22 hours straight yeah. trying to uh, re- watch and record those episodes. Yes. So, uh, you know, uh, my apologies that the show did not go out in a timely manner, but also I was just you killed me, man. The <laughs> tournament of death, I did not survive. I'll say that. <laughs> I killed you, yeah. which I suppose is, you know, maybe fitting good uh, to CCW mission accomplished, I guess. <laughs> uh, there was indeed someone who was uh, dead. But a podcast indeed not dead on arrival. Yeah. This week's out at a, you know, I'm not going to say a better time. Yeah, but should I uh, explain myself also? Do you want to? Yeah, I can. Okay. I, I've been... Uh, I don't feel that bad about this. I've been acting as the technical producer for the starting lineup on Sportsman 650 for the Correct. last three weeks, mm-hmm. which means uh, I'm on the morning show, and I've never been a morning person. I'm traditionally a night owl. I was a f- I mean, up until a bartender a month ago, I was a bartender who was getting home from work at like 4 a.m. some nights, and now I'm at the office at 4 a.m., so it is a big change. It's the exact opposite, you might say. And to try and maintain uh, some of my regularities of my lifestyle uh, uh, as I'm making this transition, I am, you know, waking up at at 3.30 in the morning to get ready to go to work, and then I stay up until like 7, 8, 9, 10, Oy. 11, 12, 12, 12 30. <laughs> this is... Sleep for three hours, uh, get up, go to work, do it all over again. Yeah, you uh, – ah, whatever. I, I had a realization actually the other night Yeah. Uh, as I like was unable to go to sleep as a result of how many coffees I drank over the course of the sure, day. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I was sort of like – and maybe if anyone listening out there, uh, it, if this is your life, maybe you can write in to confirm or deny. Oh. But I sort of felt like – is this what being a parent feels like a little bit? Oh, I, I would say this is way harder. I'm, I'm fueled entirely by caffeine. Yeah. I sleep for maybe three hours a night. Right. I, uh, uh, I'm i the first one to get up and the last one to go to bed. Out of who? Out of, you know, <laughs> I think this is where it falls apart. Out of my household, I guess. <laughs> uh, I just feel like we had Jason Botchford on a real good show right. for a Patreon episode not that long ago. And one of the things that I love about listening to Botch 
uh, on his show and his radio appearances is that the guy has no hesitation to just start screaming if things are frustrating to him. Right. And yeah. and I found that I'm sort of sliding into that as I'm fueled entirely by caffeine. <laughs> what was the last thing you screamed at? And, and oh my former guest on this show, my roommate, Mike Noble. <laughs> Mike has a real problem where he cannot <laughs> go get off through his fucking brain that anything that's like a plastic uh tin or whatever a plastic little like a container container yeah. that your food comes in if you go and you buy like prepackaged food and you bring it home and you eat it yeah just because there was food in that container does not make it garbage <laughs> it's, it's plastic if it has the recycling logo on it it's recycling <laughs> it's recycling mike it's recycling. It's not garbage, okay? Hey, now, hang on. We need to get this clear. We need to get be above board here. I feel like you're not getting to the heart of the issue. Does Mike know where to put the plastic container? No, he does not. <laughs> I've, and this is not the first time I've told him this. How many times do you think? Probably like seven that I've, that I've like That's had a horrible. very stern thing where I'm like, when you buy prepackaged food from TNT, yeah. it is recycling. It's not garbage. <laughs> And I feel like having to yell at him, I was like, I sound like Botch. Well, hang on, and then I realized yeah. Botch is a man who has three young daughters. Yes. And probably a very busy schedule as well. And then I was like, is this what being a parent is? I, Am I on a parent schedule? I don't know how good of content this is, but I've got to follow this. I'm so <laughs> interested in this. Mike, for the seventh time, didn't recycle, and you shouted at him. How did he respond? He uh, he just he takes it. He's like, he, he'll just be like, yeah... Yeah, Gosh, I, okay. I got yeah, I'll be better. I'll, I'll remember next time. It's not going to be. And then 6 weeks later, I know. I'll have to be like, it's recycling. <laughs> you must I don't think shouting's going to work. I think only striking. <laughs> Welcome to Top Marks, ladies and gentlemen. This is a week where every week Justin and I talk about the 1 2 3 biggest topics in the world of living with Mike. And uh, <laughs> this week our three rounds starting with uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Justin is. Who? Who? Who's that? I know a man who hasn't been on wrestling television. I watch wrestling all the time and never heard of this guy. I think you maybe heard of him, but you've never seen him. Are you sure? Well, I don't know. uh, They came on air this week and said Brock Lesnar. I mean, one of the worst excuses I've ever heard. Something about his contract. He's just refusing to show up. I believe. It was a it was a Facebook post from Paul Heyman who said that he <laughs> that Brock was going to be unavailable due to uh, preparing for the ultimate opportunity. Oh, the, right. So they're like teasing UFC without saying it. Well, I mean that's the stupidest thing ever. But we'll break that down in the first round. In round number two, Justin, I think uh, you're maybe a little bit familiar with somebody I like to call. Oh, I've completely forgotten what round two is this week. <laughs> do you remember? I do what remember. Is it? I am having an utter uh, mental blank. <laughs> Uh, we oh, had, we, had, of yeah, course. we had a great finish to SmackDown this week. I thought all of SmackDown this week was great, but I, of course yeah. tapped by. Uh, perhaps the best moment uh, on WWE television since WrestleMania season. For me it was. The reunion of Team Hell No. The surprise reunion that no one could have predicted. I, I didn't predict it. Uh, Kane coming out to make the save against the Bludgeon Brothers. And we will talk about the, the reunion of this team, uh, kind of from an individual perspective, from both Daniel Bryan. Ryan's perspective, Kane's perspective, yeah. and then our feelings on them as a combined unit. I think it's important that we linger on Kane a little bit in that round because I think this is a guy who you brought up. This was sort of you know one of the key moments on television. Yeah, all I this was sort of marking thing. the fuck out. I haven't been that excited for Kane, and I don't know how long. So we'll yeah, dig into that it, for it the is, full fifteen it minutes. It is a genuine tribute and compliment to WWE that they got me to lose my mind. About Kane in yes. the year 2018. Almost impossible. So we will do those two rounds plus 
an episode of Keep It or Kick It, and we might even have a special guest for Keep It or Kick It this week. We'll do listener questions. We'll be jovial. We'll do the damn thing. Anything else you want to get off the top, Justin? Uh, yeah, no third round this week. Yes. We had some ideas for some third rounds, but uh, we're going to let them stew a little longer on the road to extreme rules and probably get into it next week instead. Exactly Plus, right. we got a lot of listener questions, and that always takes up it so always much takes some, It time. always takes some time, and who knows how long Keep It or Kick It might go. And who, uh, maybe I'll yell about recycling even more. Who they'll, knows? <laughs> there'll be all that and more in, in round, round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, I promise this is not a bit. I'm not joking. None of thing of the sort. Can I tell you something I find very surprising about Brock Lesnar? Sure. Like, he must be a good husband. Yeah? Well, think, Sable moved to the middle of nowhere in Regina, or outside Regina. They're still together. They have two children. I mean, from what I understand, they have, like, a payphone at the end of their driveway. Like, she lives in the middle of nowhere with Brock. Imagine being married to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and then, like, living in a shack in the Canadian wilderness with him. I feel like we don't talk about this enough. It's very weird. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe he just has a huge hog. Well, I mean, I feel like that's undeniable. There's no way Brock Lesnar isn't packing at least, like, a four and a half inch or, like, something, you know, substantial. <laughs> No, I'm saying, like, it's, why are you laughing? <laughs> anyway, Justin, so this week on Raw, uh, Brock Lesnar. Can I just, can I, before we really continue with yeah. this, I just want to say uh, how relieved I feel to uh, get that little screaming episode out of me. <laughs> yeah. And I feel I feel so much better having gotten that out into the world. That's good. And, uh, you know, I'll probably recycle that bit at some point unless, <laughs> oh, oh unless you thought it was garbage. Oh, boy. Well... <laughs> That's it for Top Marks this week, ladies. That was a good joke, actually. <laughs> thank I, yeah, you, I thank enjoyed you, it. Thank you. But yes, Brock Lesnar. So I think I think we... we Speaking of recycling bits. Yeah, Lord Almighty. Oh, the Universal Champion isn't around? Oh, wow. Oh, I haven't seen this before. It is... It is... This whole booking has gotten to the point of... Uh, I think lots of people have been critical of it over the, the, last, the course pretty much since... I feel like he still had some goodwill during the AJ match, whenever that was. Summer or Survivor Series. Survivor Series last year. So that's September, is the that right? Uh, the only time of the year when Raw and SmackDown <laughs> go head to head. The only time, unless which is of course November. We all know when I think November, I think, oh, that of course that's the only time of the year <laughs> where Raw and SmackDown go head to head. Of uh, yeah, I look of forward to it every year. I like to remember and I like to watch SmackDown and Raw compete head to head. But mm-hmm. Justin, it's. It is a problem. It is a problem not only for the television show Raw, but it is a problem for the Universal title. And really, it's a problem for Roman Reigns. Do you agree with the things I just said? I mean, at this point, it's clearly, like, plainly obvious to anyone that they are just doing this out of spite. That the only reason that Brock did not lose the title already is because, well, if we hang on a little longer here, we can wipe CM Punk out of the history Uh. books. Do you think there's any part of this that they want him to have a UFC fight where he brings the Universal title out? No, because he's going to get dummied and lose, and then that'll make wrestling as a whole look bad. You think so? Yeah. I think the the image of him like entering with that belt in a reality sort of setting, even if he loses, I think they can get something out of that. Like I'm wondering if that's part of it at this point. Because I, I am reaching for reasons why the belt could possibly still be on a guy who is not there. What are the reasons? Don't you think like the mystique... Uh, uh, and like kind of the overall vibe that he puts off that is able that he coasts on basically this idea of what a freak monster Brock Lesnar is don't you feel like 
you know, within wrestling terms, I'm talking. Sure, yes, yes, yeah. Was damaged by the fact that he popped for, for uh, you know. Do you think it was hurt? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, I disagree. I, I think people just assume Brock Lesnar is on steroids. Like, people with eyes probably knew already. I don't know. I, I hadn't even considered that. I think it, like, hindered him maybe in some, like, sort of bad will place. But I didn't see one person being like, oh, well, I guess he's not a freak athlete. Then I think everybody feels like Brock Lesnar is already on steroids, No. I didn't think so. Stop it. You thought Brock Lesnar was a clean athlete before yeah. UFC? I mean, yeah. Really? He's always been that large. I mean, he's clearly larger now than he was in, like, 2003. Yeah, I mean... But, that's, you... but that's just a, a factor of, like, gaining muscle mass over the years and keeping it, you know? I mean, to a degree, that's real. But, like, his trapezoids in 2005 but go like, from, like, his shoulder to his ear. We just talked about the fact that he does nothing but work out and hunt and... F- Probably fuck. <laughs> He's probably like. How else do you think he produced his children? Yeah. Turk and Duke. Like he lives in this shack and he kills animals on his property. Yeah. He goes and he shoots them and then he eats them and then he and then he just like does like the kind of crazy workouts that you'd see in like a 80s action movie montage. Like that's Brock Lesnar's life. He doesn't do I I, I guarantee can't get past you. This. You think in 2005 Brock Lesnar was clean? I guarantee you <laughs> that like Brock Lesnar does not like have a television, you know? Yeah, I mean that seems like a, a good guess. I think he has steroids, maybe not a television. But, but, but then it's not inconceivable to me for someone with that build and broad shoulders like that and like the kind of yeah. body that he has naturally to be able to put on the kind of muscle that he has to look the way he does if all he does is eat meat fucking work out and god bless him for it. Well, let's move on from that Justin. We can agree I just don't think that that's one. that crazy. I, you can I if see, you're listening right now and you let me know if you think I'm being stu- like insane or me, vice versa. Maybe I put a poll up because I guess the the inverse to that is in no other sport with drug testing, does anyone look like Brock Lesnar but, look like a 2005? But the thing, like, Brock no doesn't look like, like, to me, the classic example of steroids in wrestling is, like, Triple H from 2001 For to sure. 2006 or, or so. Or, yeah, Steiner, yeah. obviously. But, like, Triple H, very clearly, obviously on steroids. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. And you're, saying, you're telling me that Brock in 2005 was obviously juicing? But yes. Brock is bigger now than he was then. What? And I, like... Okay, can you talk for a second? I'm going to pull up a picture of Brock Lesnar. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. He he is much less jacked than he was, like, in his initial run. Like, no. Maybe maybe from, like, a cut, like, defined musculature sense, but I would say in terms of pure mass, he's a larger man now than he was then. Okay, yeah, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) That is. He is. Because, I mean, when you go back and you watch, like, Brock versus Rock or whatever, which is not 2005, obviously. He is significantly smaller than he is today. Yeah, that's when he came in. I don't know that that's... Okay, I- I'm going to save this picture, and this one can be... Maybe I'll put this up with a, a poll or something. Okay. We, can, we can sort it out. But then take a photo of him also from, like, right now. I will. Be like, does this guy look like he's on juice? And I would say no. Yeah, I think you can make the argument that now maybe he's he's a clean athlete. So but it was surprising to me, and I also feel like so crazy. It, it makes wrestling look bad when this is your top guy. And, oh, by the way, he... He he didn't lose necessarily, but we are going to strip him of the win because 
he juiced. Yeah, he's it is. not legitimate. Well, and I think where because we, the entire appeal of Brock Lesnar is that he's supposed to be legitimate. Yeah, once in a lifetime freak, ultimate legitimacy in pro wrestling. Yeah. So it's but so Justin, what reasons could there be that if you don't think it's showing up with the belt, he's beaten Punk's record? Why is this guy holding the Universal Title right now? From it, I know you wouldn't just, have it on him. It's it's just because of the Punk thing. And, it, eh? and yeah, and then there's what? What's the next show after breaking the record that he could conceivably lose it on? It's got to be SummerSlam. Well, I mean, it should be Extreme Rules, but uh, we know that Brock Lesnar doesn't wrestle. But on. <laughs> I mean, this week, of course, we found out that the planned main event of Extreme Rules, which is going to determine who Brock's next challenger is going to be, has been yanked off the table, and and people were treating this like that that this was a shoot. <laughs> oh that like, god. oh my god, Brock's not he. Because, like, I think Heyman said something like, all these challengers that you've lined up are are jokes. Yeah. Just he, a bunch of baby men. They are not worthy of Brock Lesnar. Uh, and, and people are like, oh, Brock just doesn't want to defend? Well, uh, It's like, no, this is clearly a work. Well, and this is the thing. Trying to get uh, heat on him as a heel that he feels like this is beneath him. Well, and people who, first of all, if you, if, I mean, that isn't real. He, he cannot. He has... I don't think Brock Lesnar cares enough about the wrestling. This isn't Bret Hart we're talking about, where he's like, no, there's no way I'm going to drop it on the way out, brother. Like, I'm going to the UFC. Like, yeah. that's not happening. We need a Lesnar screwjob here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. I guarantee that is not happening. So, I, I just, I am dying for this title to get off of him, even if it has to go on to Roman Reigns. Do you feel the same? Yeah, we, I mean, this was the conversation that we had in the lead-up to WrestleMania. It's like, do I want this? No, but is it the lesser evil of these two alternatives? Yeah. Absolutely. So, answer this for me, J-Mo. Do you think there's even a let's say 10% chance that somebody besides Roman Reigns is getting this match with Brock at SummerSlam. I think Bobby Lashley could get it. Okay, especially Lashley. especially if they're going to lean into this idea that the reason that Brock doesn't want it, doesn't want this match is that he'd rather do something in UFC. Lashley can be like, I'm a shoot fighter too, bud. Yeah. I, I'm an MMA man myself. Bellator versus UFC. No, no need to go to the UFC if, if you're looking for an ultimate fight. I can bring that fight to you. That's actually really interesting. And I wonder if that is what they're building to. Do, do you think Braun interjects himself into this at all? Yeah, because Braun has to be waiting for Brock to literally set one foot in an arena. Is there any chance SummerSlam is headlined this year by like another car crash of Haas's uh, four-way of Brock, Braun, Lashley? Oh, I guess just a three-way. Uh, but, but if you put Roman, Roman in yeah, there, then Roman. that is basically last year's SummerSlam match subbing Lashley for Joe. It, but you just introduced that idea, and I my eyes lit up. Yeah, it, it makes poor kayfabe sense to have Braun willingly insert himself into a four-way using well, the money in the well, bank. Well, here's the thing is that, uh, you know, I read this week that the re only reason that this match was canceled as the main event of Extreme Rules is that Vince literally just changed his mind. And the reason that he probably changed his mind is that somebody told him, hey, bud, we literally did the exact same match as the main event of Extreme Rules last year yeah. with the exact same reward. Uh. Just shove a bunch of like main event level guys into a, t into a number one contender's Extreme Rules match, and whoever wins gets Brock at SummerSlam. Can I tell you how I'd do this? Except I guess that was... Great balls of fire was yeah, the way the title match came last I get year. what you mean. You know what I would do here, JMO, what I'd be so much more interested in? Tell me. A one-night tournament at Extreme Rules, all hardcore steps for number one contendership. So some guys wrestle two matches in a night, kind of like they did for the vacant title after Seth got injured on so that like run. like a WWE tournament of death. <laughs> I would love to see it. But, but something like this where I just don't – 
I find it genuinely harmful for these singles males divisions that these guys all compete and they have close matches with one another and then they have to go to Brock and just get flattened. I hate it. I hate how it makes all of these guys look. And I feel like it's like, well, these guys, you know, they battered the winner at Wrestle three times in a night. Like, will he still yeah, have it in it, the pocket for Brock? Especially makes no sense because Brock put everyone down with one F5. Except for And then Roman, we get to yeah. Mania and Roman took, what, seven? I know that he took more at Greatest Royal Rumble than he did at Mania. I think he took maybe five at Mania and seven at Greatest Royal Rumble. That's, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it, it like, is infuriating. Like, if you built up the F5 to be that much of a death move, that it is downing Braun, that it is downing Joe, that AJ it is downing Styles. AJ, Kane, little, like anyone that, you, that, that has been put up against Brock over the last year, yeah. that it can kill them in one move then maybe the max that you give to Roman if you want Roman to look strong is three. Yeah, I mean, at the absolute max, I mean, Because two. seven? Well, I'm just wondering, like, does the effect ever get bigger? I feel like as soon as he kicks out from the one, he's the first guy to kick out of the F5. That's the moment. Kicking out of the fourth F5 at a match, it just reeks of, like, laziness in a match. And I don't want to be, like, I think I'm a well-broadcast Dean Ambrose guy. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to just blindly believe what he says, but it does make me think there's some credence to him being, like, Brock just doesn't want to do anything. He was too lazy to do this match. What other explanation could there be for seven F5s and whatever it was, ten Germans being a match? I mean, he's in that spot, and we've talked about this, where, you know, you don't you don't need a, a wide variety of moves to yeah. be a successful wrestler. But if you're Brock Lesnar right now, you literally only have two. That's right. Germans yeah. and F5 and knee strikes yeah, if we're going to count corner, that as, yeah. a, as a move. But that's it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, literally Like, it. you need, like, at least give me, I don't know, like a lifting DDT, like Bobby Roode's finisher, basically. Uh, like, literally anything. Just, just something you're the champion like you're supposed to be wrestling long matches like and again i'm not trying to sound super smart but just look at the new japan title scene look what that iwgp belt means what did kenny omega have to do Mm -hmm. to get his hands on that thing damn near to kill himself and everybody in his path i mean we've talked about this before on the show the universal title means nothing (laughs) wait i mean finn balor had it for one night that's right and then kevin owens had it for probably about eight months which was a great run but he was treated like someone who didn't deserve it, that that narrowly eked out his wins all the time thanks to nefarious means. He was made to look like a comedy goof. That's right. Which doesn't really do a ton for your title. No. Nope. And then Goldberg had it. And who did Zilch? Yeah. He and never then, defended it. And then Brock beat him on his first defense. How many times has the Universal title been defended? I'd be curious to know that. Like it's not that it's many. It's less than ten for it's sure. It's gotta be Owens with the most defense. It has to be. Which Even at, at two or three, I think it would uh, Goldberg didn't. Finn Balor didn't. Yeah. Brock has three four No, it's probably five Okay. Or so. So maybe uh, Owens and Brock have something similar. But but regardless, it's it's just a frustrating situation. Maybe, maybe six now. Do, are you interested in Brock Lesnar in the WWE without a belt? Yeah, like it, if then if he's if he's just a special attraction star, yeah, then I don't care if he's not around. But right now, and having that belt not on Raw is killing Raw. Yeah, if you remember, uh, because right now Raw does not have a tag team division. Not really. The, the whole division is comedy. Yeah. 
And they also don't have a, a top-level belt division because yeah. the belt isn't there. It's true. It, like, and they the, don't really have an IC division because it's just two guys right now. Well, I mean, I think Seth is owed some credit for, like, that's obviously the top belt on the show. But it's you're right, man. Raw, it, it needs some help with its belt. And, it, like, I'd love to do a round on the Raw tag division one of these days because I really feel like it's being mishandled almost not as badly as this Universal title, but in a way that I'm like, what are we doing? I mean, the, the big tag teams right now on Raw – are not even in the tag division. No. So, totally and to both that round, and and to Raw's booking in general. And because it felt like saying it. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I think it's time for us to jump into a little game I like to call "Keep It or Kick It." What do you think about that? Uh, I th- yeah. I mean, yeah. Should we bring in uh, a little bit of help for this one? Sure. Why not? Justin, look who sat down. Hey oh, guys. What? Hey, There's John. a lot of yelling in my apartment, and I thought I would come see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> You're a man who loves to recycle, aren't you? Well, here's a co- I just have a couple comments okay. uh, on your rant in particular, Justin. First of all, it might sadden you to know that about 80% of the things we put in the recycling bin end up in a landfill anyway. Wait, is that true? Yeah. 80%? And yeah, it's, oh not, it's not great. Then I mean, what's the point of recycling? That's a great question. Yeah, maybe, maybe Mike's what, really doing it maybe right. Maybe that's what you should be yelling at everyone. <laughs> and then also, uh, I my but honestly, I think something that people will gloss over in that opening segment is the part where you compared the stresses of your life to that of a man who has three daughters under the age of seven. No, I'm just saying <laughs> fatigue levels, maybe. But how so? That doesn't seem even remotely possible. I cannot believe we have you two on mic for about 10 seconds and it's already devolving into a disagreement. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's not a disagreement. I'm just stating the facts. Wait, there's are you disagreeing with me now? No, I'm agreeing with you oh, okay. that Justin, there's no possible way his life is harder than Bob. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't say it was harder. I just said it's I. It's happening. I'm keeping hours like a parent might have to because you got to be up before the kids are up. Right. And then you got to be up after the kids are up. So you're up for the longest of the day. And, right. then, and then, have you tried going to bed earlier? No, I have not well, tried that. That might yet. be the that <laughs> might be the magic key. John, I, let me. I got stuff hey. to do in the evenings, like record a show with you every. That's so true, often. Yeah. John. I'm going to do you a favor right now. I'm going to do you a big favor. Do I'm gonna me expl- a favor, baby. I'm going to explain to you the rules of keep it or kick okay, it. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know what this is. Well, no, I know you're a dedicated listener to Top Marks. You don't miss an episode. You send me notes of oh, Josh, he he, he I was listening at 2 a.m. Yeah, I I get yeah. it. And it's great yeah. to have you here, but I'll still explain the rules out I, of lightness. I woke up at the same time as Justin. <laughs> There's the listen to keep it or kick it. Oh my goodness, it's yeah, happening. Yeah. 3:30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, 3:30. Yeah, yeah. Every week, I write out a list of 20 to 25 okay. topics on the world of wrestling, yeah. and uh, all I'm going to do is say this aloud to you, and you have to tell me. And then Justin, also, if you want to keep it, which means you like it, you love it, you want some more of it, okay. or you want to kick it, you hate it, you despise it, you never want to see it again. I'll, okay. I will say it, and I will point at who has to then say if they will keep it or, or kick or it. kick it. Wow, that was really great timing, John. Are you ready? I'm going to start with you. This is a good... Don't you think a lot of podcasts do a segment like this? Almost all. Okay, cool. uh, What's your show called? A Real Good Show. Yeah, well, I... More... Oh, wait, I can't... What's what's your curling show called? Uh, Stone and Straw. Are you going to have a segment like this? Do you come up with like 20 to 25 topics from the world of curling? There aren't that many. (laughs) No, I was actually impressed when Josh was telling me about this at uh, (laughs) 3.30 a.m. That he does this every week. It's so crazy that you do this. But it's great. I can't wait. Go ahead. It's time to hit the music. Justin, keep it or kick it? A Heath Slater singles push. No. Tag teams kick it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who? (laughs) Kick it. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin dressing as a police officer on Raw as Constable Corbin. Keep it. Only if it's like a British-style Bobby police officer. (laughs) 
because I don't want an American cop, but a British cop, yes. That's keep it. A, re a new wrestler getting a snowboarding gimmick. Kick it? Keep it, but only if they call him Ricky Winterborn. <laughs> that's a really good name. Uh, the 1080 snowboarding is yeah. that. I, I, I okay. knew. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. just check in. You kidding? It. I was more of an amped guy, but uh, the that's idea fair. that I was Dana. More of an amped guy, too. Well, it yeah, sounds like we're amped up. It's good uh, that one of the three of us liked the better game. Amped? Right, right. Amped was great. You could see the bottom of the hill from the top. Yeah. That was the first the game that was like that. The draw distance is like unreal and amped. That was the first game on the original Xbox that you could burn a CD to and then listen to that CD during oh, that the game. That sounds cool. So I was just ripping it up with cool. uh, some no effects at the time. Ah. Uh, I, feel, I feel like if you love Steep so much, you I gotta love shout Steep. out Amped, which is like the, right. the precursor. Okay. The idea that Dana Brooke is a better wrestler than Liv Morgan. Who and who? Keep it or kick it, John. Kick it. Justin. Da that Dana Brooke is better? Yeah. Kick it. Live more. Oh, good. I'm glad I got it right. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Uh, TJP's entrance music being given to someone else. I mean, it's great, and he's not. <laughs> is it the best music on the worst guy? Uh, yeah, probably. Didn't, yeah. Uh, didn't he win no. the, the Cruiserweight tournament? No, okay, you know cool. what? Best music on the worst guy is Bobby Roode. Oh, yeah. yeah Bobby Roode sure. is just entirely He's just music. an entrance. Yeah. You're 100% right about that. So do you want TJP's music? Give it to someone else. No, because it fits his character. It, I'll, he keeps it, which means I kick it. Yeah, sure. I'm kicking it because I used to hate when they always would do that shit in the WWE. Jim Johnson was was bad for that. Absolutely. Yeah, somebody call your mama like or whatever. Has a million people have had yeah, that. Yeah, Big Dick oh, yeah. Johnson uses the instrumental of it. Uh, the Funkadactyls, of course. Brodus of course, the Funkadactyls. Well, you, I know you're a big Funkadactyl. Absolutely. Guy, Me Can, and uh, Brodus Clay. Could you name one person the Funkad? Either of the people in the Funkadactyls. Brodus Clay. Okay, we'll take it. Uh, the <laughs> the lovely Cameron oh. and Naomi. Justin. Oh, okay. uh, Dean know. Ambrose returning to side with Jason Jordan. Uh, kick it. No, he's got to be uh, the baby. He's got to be a babyface first for the turn to matter. So kick it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Kick it as well. <laughs> the young Fuck that, Jason. Well, okay. I will say I do have an opinion about this. Jason Jordan stinks. Oh, there we go. I'm with you. So He's kick talk, it. You're talking about the former white cap, though, right? He also, no, he, I love Jason he, Jordan. That Jason form. Jordan's great. He's yeah. awesome because I used to work with his dad. You did? Yeah. Good guy? Great guy. And his son? Great guy. Where'd you it. work with him? Was he a Safeway guy? Warehouse. Warehouse. Yeah. That's your warehouse yeah, job. My warehouse When you guy. were the professor. I was the professor, exactly. <laughs> yes. The Young Bucks becoming the Ring of Honor tag champs in 2019. Oh, uh, kick it. Let's get him in the WWE, baby. There we go. I'll say keep that. Be, if they had both belts setting into like all in, that could be, that could be good. I say keep it. Uh, Let's do like three more. Elias being the one who gets the Brock match at SummerSlam. Oh fuck! I want uh, the less wrestling Elias does, the better. Kick it. Yeah, that's probably the worst possible person who could get a Brock. Isn't match. Roman getting the Brock match for In sure? In all likelihood. Okay. Yeah, probably. And it then might maybe be Bobby Lashley. And then maybe though. Braun cashes after. That yeah, or Braun cashes beforehand, making it a triple threat, which okay. I think is probably the most likely. John, okay. two more will get you two here. Two more, yeah. Uh, I mean, am I coming back for the questions? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd All be right. fun. Okay, perfect. Uh, Sami Zayn leaving WWE. Uh, send him on a boat to Syria. Keep oh. it. <laughs> wow, coming out hard against Sami. No, Zane no, just and Syria. That, well, no, because he's got his like refuge. That's where his clinic yeah, is. Yeah, Sami for Syria. Yeah, exactly. I got no. But I will say though, uh, Sami. I know this is an unpopular opinion. 
fucking jobber. Can't stand him. Oof, wrong show to say that on. Terrible music, terrible hat, terrible pants, <laughs> awful, like, mediocre wrestler. Oh, stop. That's the, no. you can You can say all the first points. Kick it. He in-ring is... I find him very average in the ring as a casual fan. Very fair. Except uh, totally wrong. That's fine. Uh, Sami Zayn leaving WWE. I'll say kick it. I think the injury, like I said last week, comes at a perfect time for him because yeah. when he returns, See, he wants him to be injured. He says he's great. He's like, ah, couldn't have been a better time for him to be hurt. <laughs> no, he just Glad had a ter- he just had a terrible feud with Bobby Roode. So oh, we get to gotcha. forget about that, sure. and also probably forget about the fact that he's Bobby a heel. Lashley to be, yeah, sorry, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. That was rude. Too of many, me. too many shitty Bobbies. <laughs> too, they really are. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. He, we also get to forget about the fact that he's a heel because I don't think this is working as a as a solo yeah. act. With Owens, it was great on his own. I don't think he can do it as a yeah, heel. Totally job. So I, I want him a, to have get a babyface pop upon his return. John will send you out on this one. Steve Austin returning to be the Raw general manager. What? Kick it. I love Steve Austin, but uh, I don't. I don't know. He's got too much legacy. Raw general managers. No. Okay. Plus, I'm kicking it. It would put him in such a weird situation. Like, like imagine Austin having to be the guy who suspends Ronda Rousey for acting like Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. And I think he would outshine all the talent he was around. I, th- I think he could do a, a, a better job this of is... it than, like, anyone who's had the role recently. Well, he's could. done it before, and he was awesome at it. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think on that level, it's a keep it. But A... He'd have to be subservient to Stephanie McMahon on some level, yeah. or they could gimmick it, I guess, in some way that like Vince has installed Austin as the GM as punishment to Stephanie for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. So we get a kind of adversarial commissioner-GM relationship on Raw. That'd be kind perhaps. of the only way for it to work, I feel like. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it just would – because especially if they're going to keep doing this thing with Ronda where – you know, you, you can't have her around all the time, which because it a ruins her specialness on some level to be just another wrestler. Totally does. And b to to like find a workaround for that so that you're gonna get her out of the picture. You're gonna do this. Oh, you you've been out of line. I have to suspend you for X amount of time. Like Austin suspending someone for doing stuff that would Austin never. would do makes no sense. Uh, we'll fly through the last five here as John Cullen has left the room. Justin, big Cass signing with Lucha Underground. Oh, that's a that is an extreme kick. It yeah, yeah, man. I feel like they need a big man with Cage leaving. Do they? Yeah, I guess they do. I'm Brian watching. Cage was a kind of a big deal, but I, but then like you, what you're gonna bring him in there. If you thought he sucked as a wrestler in WWE, all of his in-ring deficiencies yeah. are going to be so much more glaring in Lucha Underground. That's a fair point. WWE calling their October pay-per-view Halloween Havoc. I love that. Yeah, for sure. K- keep that. Bray and Matt only defending their titles in final deletions or like of matches of that ilk. Um, yeah, I'll say keep that. I, what I like about this feud is that it it wasn't on the last pay per view. Yeah. So when we do get the match, it's going to feel like it's a long time coming, and that you know it's going to be a, a bigger grudge match or whatever. I guess I've I've enjoyed yeah the comedy segments, and of course Bo's impersonation of his brother lately has been just Money. terrific. Let uh, me ask you this: Can they ever lose that match? Can, no, probably not. Yeah, you can't that's really. The, that's the end, right? Yeah. If, if that's. That's probably the dissolution of the tag team and also 
maybe uh, stepping away from the broken character if he's going to lose his own deletion. So you're telling me it would truly be the final yeah. deletion. Yeah. A couple more here, Justin. The Glow Wrestlers segment on SmackDown. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Wasn't it? extremely weird and like captivating in a way just seeing those those worlds collide yeah i'm i liked that uh it was allison brie was finally there because every yep. time they've tried to incorporate stuff from glow before it seems like the the real stars are missing they still need awesome kong to yeah, make yeah. it or karma or, or what happened i mean she they... was involved last time when they were in the audience for the may young classic oh finale. was she yeah okay i i didn't remember that i thought she wasn't there too uh but uh, yeah, I thought I thought it wasn't a great segment, of course, and it's kind of cringy to be like Naomi, glow, glow. Yeah. But at the same time, like you have to make that connection. It wouldn't be there's something like pro wrestling is supposed to be kitschy on some level, you know. Yeah. So that works. I didn't get. Was I this just love a- Alison Brie also, so it's good too. to see her on SmackDown. Uh, this was this a thing like Lana didn't do the accent at all. In the beginning, and then her and Alison Brie had that interaction, and then they both switched into their Russian characters. Was that on purpose? I feel like yes, because her, like, Alison Brie on the show is like a Lana style Russian deal, right? I get that, but like, Lana's accents have been really inconsistent lately. And this time I was just like, are they just trying to, like, let us know that it's something she puts on? Lana's I, accent is like Rusev's alignment. <laughs> yeah, that's what you never constantly. know which way the wind is blowing. Just to keep it or kick it, Triple H wrestling on eight pay per views in 2019. Eight. Eight or more. No, kick that. And finally, CZW's Tournament of Death. It'd be a spoiler for the episode if I said anything. That's very so fair. I'm going to say I won't touch it. And if you want to know what I think, head on over to patreon.com <laughs> slash <laughs> top marks. And with that, we'll dive in to, to round, round number two. Round two. Fight. Hey there, Justin. I'm working on uh, my stand-up set. Mind if I try out something on you? Sure. I didn't realize you were getting into comedy, but uh, I'm happy for you to branch out in a creative way like this. Yeah, no question about it. You can see me performing this at all kinds of places that people do comedy. I'll be doing this exact joke. Are you ready, Justin? Yep, let's hear it. Team Hell No Reunion? (laughs) More like, hell yes, a Team Hell No Reunion. Uh... Can I offer some punch up? Advice? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Do you think I need to workshop yeah, it? You yeah. didn't really, you didn't even grin. See, you said hell yes, a yeah. team hell no. Yeah, I would. That just, was the. I would say you do it. We'll streamline it a little bit. Okay, here, here you okay? do the okay, joke. Okay, you do okay, the joke. Okay. okay. Team hell no reunion. <laughs> More like team hell yes reunion. Uh, no, that's, see, I just tightened it up. I'm shorter. It's no good. No one will laugh at that. Are you sure? No, yours are probably much better. No, I mean, it's still not funny. <laughs> You're <laughs> probably right about that. Just a team hell no, regardless of the joke, got back together in the ring this night, or this past Tuesday on SmackDown and Live. what a moment, man. Oh, my gosh. What a moment. Uh, so, so uh, uh, and, and again, some continuity, this sort of thing. The Bludgeon Brothers beat up Daniel Bryan as he's uh, entering the ring uh, last Tuesday, not yes. the one that just happened. They had a, a, a moment together before the gauntlet match. Right. Bryan's coming out to the ring. SmackDown does this thing sometimes because pressed for time yeah. where segments will overlap I with love each it, other by the way. and people will pass each other on the ramp. Yep. And oftentimes this is nothing comes of this. It's just something that happens because the show has to keep moving because it's the two-hour show and they don't yeah. have a ton of time. I mean, fuck it. They play matches during commercial breaks. It's that <sighs> kind of show. 
Uh, Kills me. But we get the Bludgeon Brothers come back out during Brian's match before the Miz comes out for his portion of the gauntlet match. They just destroy Brian and Miz covers him instantly. Yep. And uh, we, it's it's like, okay, well, this is interesting. Did you know then what what the the Bludgeon Brothers were doing attacking Daniel Bryan? Not at all. Did I you... liked I liked it because it, I could tell this is there's clear continuity at play here. Yeah, they are. You know, I know we don't reference that Rowan and Harper are the Wyatt family anymore, but clearly all three of these guys were in the Wyatt family together. That's right. And so you touch on that little connection, and and I liked that. I I liked it in the moment that they walked by each other. Mm-hmm. Somebody had a tweet where it's like that awkward moment when you run into your old coworkers <laughs> it's at the totally grocery store. Totally true. I saw that. Yeah, and that seemed like stunningly accurate to me. Yeah. And even if it was just that moment, it's like, well, that was a nice little acknowledgement. That was fun. And then to build a feud out of that is was an unexpected move. Yep. But also a great way to avoid giving us Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. That's right. And that, to me, is the long game that WWE is playing right now. Not just that that match is the long game, but avoiding that match is also its own long game right now. Uh, tell me if you think I'm a step too far here, but do you get the sense Daniel Bryan has a little bit of say in terms of what he's going to be doing on the shows? Uh, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me because, honestly, when else do we get this level of long-term storytelling? Not only long-term storytelling, but like losing to Rusev, losing to Joe, giving Luke Harper a bunch of shine who for those years he was off when he talked about like what he felt his failing was as a smackdown general manager Mm -hmm. was that they haven't made luke harper into the star that he saw him. i mean what was the match that you and i saw daniel bryan wrestle at a house show in abbotsford him and luke harper so many years ago was that not it was great this was cranking up to be a fun match on smackdown before uh, of course the eric rowan got involved but i was really enjoying those two going and what a tremendous just the storytelling throughout the, the the show in that the uh, Bludgeon Brothers kind of break up Miz TV and yep. we get chaos on Miz TV. And it's like, is Miz going to be mad at these guys too? It was, yeah, it was is, interesting. Is Miz going to reluctantly be like put himself opposite the Bludgeon Brothers and we're going to get this oh. reluctant tag team thing? I would have just hated Now that this. is the I worst have book hated in the this. world. But it's, that seemed like what they were teasing on some level. Like, I'd li- I'd like I was watching it. SmackDown on Tuesday live as it oh, was happening, wow. which I rarely do. Yeah. But Mike and I were watching live and Mike's like, it's going to be Miz. He's going to make the save. And he was convinced that this was going to happen. Or he was like, what? No, Miz is going to come out. He's going to tease making the save. And then he's just going to leave him to get beat up. Maybe. Uh, And I was just, you know that I'm a guy. I love a reluctant tag team. Sure. Bray and Roman is my one true pair forever. (laughs) I want them to tag together so bad. Yeah. But Brian and Miz is the worst for that. You couldn't find a worse duo to be reluctant partners it would make no sense in any context like for those two guys to work together i want that feud to be so potent that it's like because this happens at mma sometimes where it's like at the press conferences we have to do solo ones like these guys legitimately cannot be near each other Mm -hmm. i want daniel bryan to be like if i see the miz i'm kicking him and then i'm kneeing him in the head like he better stay the fuck away from me yeah and like to to have them be a reluctant to even if miz would have like left the apron and all this like all those tropes this feud deserves so much much better than that. This can be your yes. Champa Gargano. I don't know if this can be your Omega it's Okada, a, but it can like it's a blood feud. They should never totally. So I don't know if the Kane thing was such an uh, amazing 
reveal because they were sort of maybe teasing something that I desperately did not want to see. But I genuinely thought this was a surprise, which watching wrestling in 2018, it is rare for something to happen that I just gen- I genuinely am shocked by. It was funny because when the, you know, Daniel Bryan's in there, Rowan and Harper are beating him down, and all it took was the lights went red. Yeah. Like right before even the organ hit and Brock, who I was watching with and I, we were just like, how? Like, this is – have you ever – and I'm, I'm being 100% honest here, Justin. I need you to answer t- – tell me this down the line. Yeah. Have you ever been that happy to see Kane? Never in my life. <laughs> or maybe, once. like, not since, like, 1999 or something, you I know? don't think ever for me because, like you say, it was such a genuine surprise. But also, I liked Team Hell Knows Run. And this is a great pairing, both for the Bludgeon Brothers and, like you say, something to keep Daniel Bryan away from the Miz. Can I can I tell you one thing that's funny? Of course. It, it was like it was tell like me I, two things. I summoned the demon himself because <laughs> I'm watching the Bludgeon Brothers put this beat down on Bryan. Yeah. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, you know, I I I I, I was not the biggest Bludgeon Brothers fan. You can go back and right. listen to the archives. I have slagged them on this show, which was pretty being rude. Like, this is. And you were so into it, and I'm like, what are you talking I'm about, still man? so into it. It's so stupid. No. And part of the reason why is just the outfits. Yeah. Like they changed their outfits. It's more of a leather-based thing than a canvas-based costume at the moment. Yep. And they changed their color from gr- bl- red to green, like, I think, Yeah, now. green, blue. Like swampy. Like a dark green. Yeah. And I was looking at them, and I'm like, I'm... I said to Mike, I'm into these guys right now. Definitely. And I, I've always been into Harper as a worker. Yeah. I just, you know, you looked at them before and you were like, I can't take them seriously because their outfits are so stupid. And Mike was like, yeah, it's because they no longer look like, and then we both said at the same time, basically, two canes, like knockoff cane. And, and then as soon as we said his name, whoa, the lights went down. Whoa. And the fire exploded, <laughs> and Kane came out, and I was like, ah, like I loved it. I was literally clapping and cheering and getting all fired up like yeah. you during my intro off the hop, <laughs> watching <laughs> Kane clean house in 2018. I loved that Kane didn't like run to the ring. Like It was like the fire's here, and it's like, here comes Kane. It wasn't super sure what he was going to do, right? But he gets yeah. in, he hits that awesome-looking open hand uppercut. Boom, boom, one each. Kane is like Stone Cold post uh, the pile driver. Like He just does the uppercut and the choke slam. He, like, that's that's it. That's literally like, all he did in the in the triple threat match of the Rumble. It's all he's done for like two years. I'm not even joking. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, but but to just that was the first time we're like seeing him hit those. Is like here we go. I'm I just, very into this feud. To 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 look at it from Daniel Bryan right now in the long scheme of of his return run here, I feel like people are being like, and I've heard this. I heard this from Pollock and Way this week. It's yeah. like. And, and waiting has said this a number of times over the last several months since Brian's been back. It's like he doesn't feel special. He's not having the matches. Like he's I just another guy. And and it's like okay, like maybe the matches are not five star classics. But but like who else? Name one person in not just WWE, but maybe all of wrestling outside of like Gargano and Ciampa right now, or Kenny Omega. Who can deliver an emotional moment like that? 
He's and the in, answer is probably no one. Yeah, in terms of like somebody they have at their hands who can like stir up nostalgia for so many different generations. I mean, you could maybe argue the Undertaker, or I think you, you probably would say Taker, but it, it's sort of those two. But I got I was getting I was feeling feelings watching those two yeah. hug it out, man. I literally clapped. <laughs> I was like applauding like a child like a in a movie theater. Uh, at the sight of these two men hugging. And, like, I'm not, you know, I don't get swept up in kayfabe like that hardly ever. But the only guy who can do it is Brian. It's like I wrote for the, for the classical. Like, right. Daniel Bryan is back and wrestling is real again. Like, it's, I know it's not, but, like, he has the power to make you forget. He's, and there's yeah. nobody else like that. So how can you say he doesn't feel special? I I I think I yeah you, no I mean I'm, I I feel like I've been the exact opposite voice of that both on Twitter and on this show yeah uh, every time Daniel Bryan's on my screen I'm not even the world's biggest Daniel Bryan fan like I, I you I know lots of people um, to be clear Bryan is one of my guys that I like a lot but he's not I I prefer I would rather watch lots of guys but. I don't know how you could argue that flying knee every time gets a reaction out of me. Like seeing him yeah. do his moves is, is still very exciting. Now, Justin, I want to talk about the future of Team I just want to. I just want to touch on one more sure. thing from Pollock and Way there. I don't want to talk I, about I, these guys. Uh, Pollock said something. I don't listen to him. Why he, do I care he, about what he, they say? He said, "Fuck him." He during the beatdown, he said, "And I think everybody saw coming what came next." I, I had to rewind and, and double-check the tape that he said that. Yeah. Because what the fuck are you talking about, man? That was such a great moment because nobody saw that coming. <laughs> and how could you see that coming? Kane wasn't even on SmackDown. He was a Raw guy, and he hasn't been on TV in five months. Why do you listen to these guys? I just want to say that when I criticize them, it's not that I hate them. Okay. You know? Okay. I, I listen to their show because I like it. You know, it's like, why do I criticize Raw? Because I love it. If I hated it, I would stop watching it. You know? Do they mention us on their show? No, never. Okay, cool. So what I was going to say is that about the future of Team <laughs> I just, Hell, though. Just, you know, to I say that that was predictable or that everybody saw this coming, no that's an insane take. Of course it is. Just like when he said when they carried the Undertaker out and then they came back, he was like, they played the exact same video. I can't believe how lazy WWE is. No, they didn't. They played the video in reverse, undoing this. That's the point, you giant baby. Anyway, the yes. future of Team Hell No, Justin. Do you think that they are going to lose to the Bludgeon Brothers here? Kane takes the pan. And I hope not. I hope, I hope they become tag champs. Yeah. Yeah, hey. because then, then you've revitalized the whole tag scene on SmackDown. Sure. Because do I want to see Team Hell No versus The Bar? Yes. Usos. Do I want to see Team Hell No versus the Usos? Do I want to see Team Hell No versus Sanity? Do I want to see Team yeah. Hell No versus uh, New Day and them? New Day? If they want to steer into like counseling segment Team Hell No, them and New Day could have like a comedy feud yeah, that man. would be absolutely lights out. I would watch that team against every single tag team on SmackDown. And then not only like if you put the belts on them, not only do you get a significant tag run out of them, you lengthen the amount of time that this can keep Brian away from Miz which ultimately should be the goal for all of their booking right now. Yeah, I think there's really something to that. I uh, I cannot believe how happy I was to see them. Do you think there's any other acts that uh, they should revive, or rather uh, revive, like a Team Hell No? No one else really comes to mind for me. I don't know. I think part of the reason that this is so special is that it's a deep cut on both sides of the aisle, right? Like yeah. Daniel Bryan is intimately connected to his opponents, having been a member of the Wyatt family, and... 
it's an unexpected reunion for his partner. Because we talked about this in the group chat a couple weeks ago, or last week after the initial beatdown. Yeah. It was like, well, okay, if they're going to put Brian into a tag feud, who's his partner going to be? And we kicked around some options. Yeah. We were talking about Johnny Gargano, maybe, yep. debuting on the main roster. And it's like, well, it doesn't make a ton of sense kayfabe-wise as to why Brian would call on Gargano. But the pairing of the two of them together just makes sense in, well, a, in a big way. Yeah. Now, I actually I did say that on the show. I actually take that back. I think it might actually be kind of bad those two being near each other. Really? Because they're too similar? Yeah, and I think I think Brian is just like he's so beloved at this point that he might outshine Gargano. I, at the same time though, like what better rub could Gargano get as a main than, roster like, debut? The blessing of Brian. But we never nobody ever touched on well, you know, Daniel Bryan and a tag team. It's got to be either CM Punk or Kane. Yeah, and in hindsight, you, maybe we should have seen it coming, like uh, Mr. Pollock said. Yeah, because everyone was expecting CM Punk, I'm sure. <laughs> Can you in, imagine? Best in the beard. I would have forget about clapping. I would have grabbed Brock and thrown him all <laughs> out of our second story window if CM Punk came back to join Daniel Bryan to take on the Bludgeon Brothers. It would have been. I would have committed suicide for Brock that night. Uh, and my roommate would have died. And uh, frankly, um, I, I would have been perfectly happy with but, it. But I don't know that there's, like, what else from Brian's past can you dredge up like this to stir up long-standing emotions? I don't know uh, if there's a ton. I don't know that there is anything. I mean, he, it's funny because all the way back to NXT, him and Miz have something going back. So even if you yeah. want to reprive something from then way back when, Miz it's still. still the Miz. Uh, yeah, if Punk said that is too funny, that just occurred to me now. Yeah, I don't see anything else pairing-wise for Brian, but he's good enough that he could really slide him anywhere. Uh, in terms of tag teams that I want to see Team Hell No wrestle, it's virtually everybody. And if, if it's going to be easier on Brian's body, I, I do have a little worry about the match quality. Mm -hmm. Like, Brian can obviously still go. Kane obviously can still not go. Uh, so besides being a hot tag for a choke slam, I'm not sure what else he can bring to the table, but but I'm here for it. And I mean, the reason that we haven't seen the bar on SmackDown in a while is that creative just has nothing for them. So oh. if you if you bring in a new opponent, then then suddenly the bar has something. And I, I like those guys. Yeah, they the bar, should be on TV. The bar definitely deserves to be on TV. Like they're more than good enough, right? I think they've proven that over the course of the year. <laughs> I, I gave us a little, a little like thirty seconds of overage wow. there because, because I felt like I took a timeout to talk about Pollock and Way. So well, I never can we can we just say no more of them? I just but if I'm going to say I saw a take that was outrageous, yeah. Should I not cite where it came from? No, no, never. Unless they're paying for advertising. Okay. <laughs> these, but these. look, I want to make it clear. I don't like we've ripped on them. I've ripped on the guys from the law. Yeah, I do it. Out of love, in the same way that you Not would me. nitpick or critique the things that you enjoy, like wrestling, like we do every week. If I fucking hated it, I would never listen to their show. Justin, we don't have an episode of Sunday Night TV. I just want to be clear about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. The only exception to this rule is Peter Rosenberg, who I genuinely despise. Okay, I, I hate them all. Uh, I only like this show. Touch and them if, all, Joe. And frankly, I only really like Justin's takes on this show. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I listen to it back... I can't say that I really think I bring a lot to the table. But anyway, Justin, yeah. uh, there is no episode of Sunday Night Tweet this week, but there are some tweets, I think, worth talking about that are sort of in the, the hashtag Good Friends universe okay. this week. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about Kevin Owens? Uh Kevin Owens telling a guy he has a small prick or whatever he said? No, you but know, that was... tiny dicked weirdo or That whatever. was extremely funny. But no, Justin, even more direct than that, you, Justin, I think you know where I'm talking about. You had an exchange with uh, your guy Dolph Ziggler this yeah, week. Yeah, I got into it with Dolph Ziggler last week. So what happened? Uh, well, he posted... He posted... some. Somebody had drawn a cartoon of him. Okay. Uh, and he's like... He's, you know, 
It was like uh, styled kind of in the style that those weird. You remember when WWE was putting out those T-shirts that it was like cartoon style? Yeah, it was like a separate company had done them, and they were them. all awful. Yeah, what was that called? Like nerd food or something? Yeah, not, I can't remember, but they were terrible shirts. Yeah, really bad. Really, really just unbelievably bad. Yeah, and the and the Ziggler cartoon was kind of in that style. And he was proudly holding up the Intercontinental title, which he just won on Raw. Ugh. And uh, Dolph posted that cartoon with a little caption that I believe said something along the lines of, like, haters will say it's Photoshopped or whatever. Okay, yeah. And I, 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 I'm I, not a hater by any stretch. No, you loved uh, – you, you, did you see my reply in this yeah. situation? Uh, I'm not a hater by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a big Dolph guy. Yeah. But I'm looking at God this, knows why. I'm but... looking at this cartoon yeah. that he's posting – of him being so proud and holding up this icy title like it means the world to him. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why <laughs> why 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 would the belt the last time he won a title, <laughs> he just laid it down in the ring like it was trash and walked out of the company I for a month hate and a Dolph half. Ziggler. So, I was thinking about that and I thought I'd make a joke. Yeah. This was I thought it clearly read as a joke. So to what did me. you say to Dolph? I said you should lay the belt down in the ring and walk away again. Really keep us guessing. Yeah. A fair thing to say because that I'm is what he did. I'm making a joke about bad booking that has been swept under the table. So then what did Dolph say to you, Justin Morissette? Dolph Ziggler responded to me by saying, doing what you told me to do will keep you guessing? Ha 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 ha. Blocked. Ah, see? Wow. So, so Dolph Ziggler, not knowing that you have been the staunch defender of him. But honestly... Yes, doing what I told you to do would keep me guessing significantly. <laughs> I can't think of anything more surprising than this guy on Twitter told me to do a thing, so I'm going to do it. Did you feel like a, a rush when Dolph Ziggler responded to you? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. And then, I, and then he was threatening to block me. I got nervous that he was going to block me. Why would you be nervous about that? Because I, I follow him, and I like okay. – I, I mean, I wouldn't say I like his tweets. Sometimes they're very obnoxious. Right. But uh, – you know, I like Dolph Ziggler, so I would not want to be blocked by him. Also, sometimes I have to put together Sunday Night Tweet, and I do it, and you have to guess. That's true. And I can't. I if I'm going to do that, I can't be blocked by. You could. You could do it from the Top Marks guys account. on the roster. Just do it from the. But top. I'm blocked by more wrestlers on the Top Marks account than I am on my own account. <laughs> so we for sure are. <laughs> um, did, did Did you think any part of him not actually blocking you has to do with uh, me coming in and saying? Please, Dolph, don't block Justin. On our show, he defends you all the time. In fact, block me. It is I who thinks you suck ass. No, I did appreciate you trying to sacrifice that you volunteered as tribute. I would wear that as a badge of honor. I did appreciate that. No, uh, our friend Matt, Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he made the best observation <laughs> that making a threat like that and then having absolutely no follow through <laughs> – is like the perfect encapsulation of Dolph Ziggler's entire ethos. <laughs> is this all uh, still part of the Naido storyline? Or uh... yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, he's, no, I said look, clearly the guy's getting mad about tweets from random people on Twitter. He has not found his tranquilo yet. For sure not. And speaking of finding your tranquilo. Yes. Well, what a segue, J-Mo. Uh, Doug Crap, a loyal listener of the show, at Lorenzo Meow, a great man, our guy, uh, had an interaction this week where he posted a picture of his cat Lars lying down, sort of with its paw up. You should go look at the photo. It's very mm -hmm. cute. And he's at Lorenzo Meow. And uh, Zelina Vega, 
Then he put hashtag tranquilo pose and then tweeted it to Zelina and Andrade Cien Almas. She quote tweeted it and said something to the extent of that's the cutest tranquilo pose ever. So uh, I would have put that on Sunday Night Tweet this week, but uh, no such luck because we're not doing it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, though, because at least Dolph was acting like a heel to me. Whereas like Zelina, a little breaking kayfabe a little bit there to be like, Oh, you got a cute so kitten. Cute. I love you. Yeah, come on, Zelina. Get it together. And yeah. honestly, I Zelina, protect the business, you know? And Zelina, I'm gonna be honest, do a little better on SmackDown last week. Yeah, and you I know didn't what? think that was good. And Zelina, you know what? Maybe uh hit a hurricane run on Doug Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's all she does, it's really. It's the one move from the yeah. apron. So yeah. next time somebody says something to you, Zelina, just do an apron Hurricane Rana. Actually, i got to say one more thing about okay. Zelina. Okay. Zelina, if, if you will. Rumor has it. <laughs> please, please, do what you need to do to get Andrade Cien Helmets wrestling on television. Yeah. Well, whatever that takes. It's yeah, I don't know. Her management, i got to call it into question right I, now. I'm just calling it how it is. She seems like a very poor manager. A lot of, a lot of 30 second backstage. He is the best. You must be afraid. Of I his, mean, uh, at least he was on TV this week, and that's more than I can say for, the, you know, the, uh, the What are they the waiting for with him? Or yeah. AJ Styles or Carmella. Although AJ and Carmella were in Australia doing press, i got to say, I was completely has nothing That's okay. to do with anything. Yeah. I thought that that James Ellsworth segment was spectacular. It was he I, I'm totally down with him not being there year round, but like just showing up and being James Ellsworth every just, now and again. Just James Ellsworth addressing Oscar. Uh, she wasn't in the ring with him by any means, but his promo was towards her. That's right. And he, hearing him say the words that are again directed at Oscar. Listen, babe. Just babe. like that's it. It's that's uh-huh. it doesn't. I don't care what comes after that. Just hearing Ellsworth be like, "Listen, babe," <laughs> that's the most condescending thing in the world, especially to like Oscar, who's such a like revered and yeah, you know yeah. the oh, empress of tomorrow. He's gonna hey, get, babe, he's gonna get murdered, and he's, I am excited for he, it. He's the perfect piece of shit. Justin, should we head to jump I, into the Twitter mailbag? Yeah, dude, I thought his promo was great, and I thought the questions were great this week too. So let's answer some. Just our first question this week comes to us from the Abba Purist, Scat Daddy, Scoots Brodo. <laughs> it just gets more elaborate every week. No one is saying that there aren't enough words in his name. Yeah. But uh, you, you must like Abba, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. You must not like Abba, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, I, I think they're, they're fine. Okay. But it's not... I don't have any of their music like on my phone. Okay, I'm never like you know what I gotta listen to right now, the best of ABBA. But it's never ABBA good. Gold. When you hear it, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> folks, he's. I wish you could see Josh just jiving right now. I'm, I'm just he's, thinking about ABBA. He's in his element, thinking about the sounds <laughs> of ABBA. Waterloo. Uh, uh, no, I th- I think their songs are good. Yeah. At the same time, I think like a jukebox musical like Mamma Mia is the worst shit in the world. Yeah, Mamma Mia did suck ass. I went and saw it with a girl I was dating at the time and pretended to like it. Anyway, uh, Scoots question, at Scoots Brodo on Twitter, and he says, The things we do for love, ladies and gentlemen. You're not kidding. Uh, I also did tell that. Uh, anyway, uh, what is up with Finn Balor's gimmick being horny online? Dude showed off his butthole yesterday, and no one is telling him to put that on a private alt. Yeah, he, uh, he had a, like, a shockingly gross Bruise. Yeah, he said from Constable Corbin. Yeah, I, I don't which know. I don't. I missed the spot that that would have happened in. It, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see what uh, had had done it. But 
And then he does also post pictures where his hog is very visible in his trunks, you know? So, I, I mean, uh, he is uh, – he's the – He's the male master of the thirst trap. There's no question. I mean, he is aware of it, right? He must be yeah. to some degree. Yeah. yeah. Who, who is the more attractive male wrestler? Is it him or is it Seth Rollins? <sighs> I mean, pick your poison. Depends yeah. On, depends on uh, what kind of lady you are, I guess. Yeah, or, or man. Or uh, man. Because that's, that's me. Man. I'm the progressive on the show. as. But we I will say, uh, or when, woman. I, when I was working at the Penny, when the Penny was hosting Raw every week. Yeah. Uh, the bar manager there, uh, a a tiny little uh, British gay man. Okay. Uh, very short in stature. How small? Uh, uh, so small you can't teach it. Wow. Actually, <laughs> so small you can teach it. hey Okay. You and know, but it's probably about like 5'3 or so. Okay. And Scott thought that uh, Finn Balor was uh, easily the most good-looking man in all of wrestling. Okay. Well, there and, you go. And I will trust his opinions as a gay man. Do you, who do you think is the hottest man in wrestling? The hottest man yeah. in wrestling. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Who comes to mind? Okay, so here I'll list off some names. You okay. tell me. Uh, okay. Andrade, I think, is up there. Yeah, he's he's like uh, again Spanish Rusev. Yeah. Uh, I I think Rusev. Rusev I'll is, go with Rusev. Yeah, he is really handsome, Rusev. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rusev is up there. Rusev would treat you right. You know what I mean? Like he's a provider. And he's, and he's like the <laughs> he's cl- he's like classically handsome in a way. Absolutely know? he is. Just a barrel-chested muscle man like but, out of the 1940s. In the right light, though, Mean Dean gets it done, too. Uh, Renee certainly thinks so. Hey, now. Uh, Justin, this uh, sort of dovetails into another question that I'm going to read here, and then I'll pass it on to you for one that's a little more sure, separate. And it comes sure. to us from the aforementioned Doug Crap at Lorenzo Meow. Yeah. And he asks, what do you guys have against Finn Balor? And I would say, Doug Crap. You're a regular listener, bud. What are you talking about? Yeah, Justin likes Finn Balor. I love Finn Balor. Yeah, I think I even replied to his tweet saying, I think that's more me who has a problem with him mm-hmm. than you, J-Mo. I mean, I recently acknowledged the fact that like, when people said Finn Balor wasn't over yeah. enough to get the match, I didn't understand at the time, but I do now because like, he's not over on the level that Seth Rollins is over. Certainly not, yeah. But, he, but to say that he wasn't over was also outrageous. Yeah, he's definitely over. The guy was very popular. Yeah, I think still, still is. is. Yeah. Still is. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, when you look at the people who have held the NXT title since Finn, uh, in, in like, huh. your, your Drew McIntyres and your Bobby Roods and yeah. uh, Nakamura and your Nakamuras, like, I would say he's above all those guys. In terms of their NXT title run, yeah. And also just talent level and how much I want to see them on TV. I would Man, hear... I mean, Nakamura as a heel yeah. has very much reinvigorated himself, which... We haven't even talked about the craziest thing that happened this week. What? Nakamura getting attacked oh, by yeah. a bomb-sniffing dog. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, Nakamura's the bomb. What are you going to say? <laughs> um, I, I want to answer Doug Crap's question. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm going to do it as, as succinctly as I can. But I, I, I very much – I like Finn Balor. I like him a lot. I got nothing against him. My, my chief problem with Finn Balor or have, what I have against Finn Balor is sort of just this uh, – the cart before horseness that I feel comes bef- with him all the time. I feel like people don't ever want to say how it is with Finn Balor. Like, there is some real mediocrity that has happened. People are like, wow, he's... And so I always say, okay, well, what is the moment? Because I think we all agree he's not the world's greatest promo. Can we agree there? I happen to think he's pretty weak. Some people think You he's- happen to think he's horrible. <laughs> I do think he's horrible. But, but 
I, okay, so if we can agree that the promo is... He's not a 10 out of 10 promo, certainly. He's not an, an Enzo Amore or something. No, he but, wrestle, he's but he's charming. Yeah, there's something there for sure. But then you got to point me to the in-ring where where he's just, like, mind-blowing. And people always point to that Kota Ibushi match that happened in 2013. It's like, I would be more interested to find somebody who had a bad 20-minute singles match with Kota Ibushi in 2013. That's true. But, no, <laughs> granted, I will say... I think we all agree that Ricochet is a hell of a ring worker. Of course. And if someone was like, what's the Ricochet match? I can I'd name be a like, ton. I'd be like Kota Ibushi. And that's probably from 2013 or 2014 Okay, also. but you could also say Donovan Dijak yeah, yeah. or Will Ospreay. Yeah, yeah. What's the second? I think people would now say the AJ match for, for Finn Balor. I like that match but, too. But what's the one in between that where people are still saying that he's, he's the man? So I think if people would just say, I love his entrance. He has an undeniable cool factor. And I can't wait till he kicks into second I gear. I thought he was good in NXT though. I thought I thought Finn and Joe was a good feud. I the second match in the cage with the bleeding I feel like is better than people give it credit for. The bleeding is in Toronto where without the cage. Oh, is it? Yeah. Where they keep stopping it? Well, yeah, because okay. the uh, yeah, the the match at takeover no, it's the same night as Zane or uh, Zane Nakamura. I don't think so. I'm I, I'm I'm certain I'm about positive this. that the oh no, the one that the, the bleeding with Joe that was being interrupted in Toronto was, I think, against Nakamura. Gotcha. So we're both right on some level here. But, but I was the one who was right. The most right, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was bang on. <laughs> I yes. was but I was also thinking of something that was the same thing that happened in a different match, different, also yeah. with Joe. Um, but yeah, so, so I think Justin, well, if you had to, one but, to but, ten, how But I also like think he does great in like multi-man matches. Yep. I think the two best guys who acquitted themselves most excellently in the Extreme Rules main event from last year, yep. which, if you go back and listen to our 2017 Year in Review episode, I think we agreed was the best main event pay-per-view, yeah. uh, or pay-per-view main event uh, of WWE, anyways, for Rules last one. year. I think the two guys who carried that match, in a lot of ways, were Bray Wyatt and Finn, and Balor. Finn Balor. Yeah, I, I can so agree with that. So he's great in that match, yep. also. I mean, it's not a one-on-one -on -one match, but he was awesome in oh, it. What if I told you he was my least favorite Seth Rollins singles match that I could think of besides um, uh, gender on this, on this Seth Rollins run? I would be surprised because I thought that was a good match also. I thought the, the the yeah, the dude, the match that he had with Seth as the main event of Raw? I thought it was good. That was a classic. I thought it was very good. It was excellent. But I... I'm talking about, sorry, I should say singles pay-per-view matches. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was saying, and when I say a classic, I mean as far as, like, TV matches go. Yeah. So, I guess if I had to sum it up, I feel like there's definitely something there and I can recognize it. But also. But I don't quite see it on my television every we've Monday We've talked night. about he's Elias's best match. And I know that the bar for good matches from Elias is lower than the bar. I think Rollins has also for for, for Finn. I also would have never said Balor was his best. I like the Ono match way more than I like the Balor match. Really? For for Elias, for sure. But let's talk main roster only. Would you prefer the Dean match over the Finn match? Because no. I wouldn't at all. No, but I would say I've seen Dean and Seth have way better matches than Seth's ever had with Balor. Yeah, and then... <laughs> by a giant and then, margin. And then, yes, uh, Elias has had a better match since with Seth. So Let's, uh, let's hit me with a questionino. This one comes to us from Chico Hamburgueso, the second nice. oh. Mr. Hamburger Boy. Is that uh, uh, his father is also named Chico Hamburger? Mm, yeah, I think so. It's kind of a nice name. Yeah, it's passed down. Why yeah. not? I would, I would definitely keep the last name Hamburger. He says, Sonya Deville's spotlight shadow boxing entrance thing. Mm. Yay or nay? I say yay if she adds some kicks and spins. 
I say yay. Yeah, I think uh, as long as she's on the opposite show as Ronda Rousey, they can push the, the MMA thing. I think they are destined to have to have her have a gimmick switch in some capacity, mm -hmm. which would be sort of my, my hesitancy to saying add in the spins and kicks because I think having her appear as like a pure... MMA fighter is putting a ceiling on her, at least as long as Ronda Rousey's running concurrently. But we both agreed that SmackDown was very good this week. Yes. Can we also both agree that the low point of the show was that Becky match? Yeah. And I, and I love Becky, and I think she's great. Uh, but to put Sonya at this stage in her career in a two-segment television match. That match was bad. It was not good. It was not entertaining. It yeah. was two people doing moves. Uh, and also, how can you justify not having Joe on a show? Not having yeah. all the guys on SmackDown that don't get time, and you're going to give two segments to Becky versus Sonya, which could have ended in three or four minutes, and nobody would have complained. Totally agree. You like the the entrance though? The, yeah, yeah. The I think I think her look and her general gimmick and stuff is good, and I I liked her also in the uh, women's. Um, Oh, uh, the gauntlet match. Uh, no, the elimination chamber. Oh, the elimin That's right. She was in that. Yeah, yeah. worked with Mandy, I think, for a bunch of yeah, days. Yeah, but yeah. But I thought it was good. You can see that she has something, certainly more than Mandy Rose in ring. But you, like you say, just not ready for a two-segment Becky Lynch match. And like you said, has to be kept as far away from uh, Ronda as possible. Our next question, J-Mo, comes to us from Andrew Delbar at Adelbar on Twitter. And he says, when the WWE roster goes out post-show drinking, which wrestlers don't go, and where do they go instead? This has to do with that hockey thing, right? Somebody got traded because he doesn't go out with the boys? Yeah, Dougie Hamilton. Who, Is that his real who, first name, Dougie? I mean, Douglas. Oh. But, but, I mean, he's a hockey player, so everybody calls. Everyone calls him Dougie? Yeah. Is this guy great? I love he that. Go, he, he's officially listed on every piece of NHL stats and everything. It's not Doug. He's Dougie. Is his middle name Edward, maybe? No. But, of course, his brother's... <laughs> Do you know why I said that? Yeah, because then he could be Doug E. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. You know what I was thinking about earlier, actually, which ties in <laughs> one of my best tangentially? Jokes. I was thinking about the, mi the misfits in action oh, in yeah, WCW. Sure. Yeah. I was, and I was Am thinking I about general rection. Yep. Um, like, where is the pun there? I know you're <laughs> supposed to be thinking about boners or whatever. But there is but it was no. his name, like, General Earl Rection? <laughs> Where's the... It's so... I've never considered this. It's uh, a like, maybe you're here... You, 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 your association with general followed by something that ends with action is general election. Right. Like, in politics. But we'd so still have to... So you'd hear the rection part and be like, did I just hear general erection? No, you did <laughs> not, because they never have said that ever about him uh, on WCW in 2000 anyways. And no one wants to vote for that hard on anyway. Yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's the worst pun. It makes no sense. But Justin, who who doesn't go out with the... Boy? I'll answer... Yeah, it's Dougie your... Hamilton. Yeah. He got traded by the Flames this week or at the draft last weekend because... Uh, the, the, the Flames massively underperformed last year. Okay. I think there was uh, – uh, I think coaching was the biggest problem probably. Okay. Uh, and they fired their coach. Oh, that's But apparently they, didn't, they did not feel like that was enough of a shakeup. We really needed to mix things up even further. They had to get rid of Dougie. And they had to get rid of their best defenseman. Oh, he's their best. He is a top ten defenseman in the league. I oh. think there's a lot of teams that he could be traded to where he would be the best defenseman. But he's on not the like team. one of the boys, right? Like but no, he's not a party guy. He's not uh, the reason. The, one of the things that was, you know, they they've cast character issues on him a few times that he doesn't fit in with the team. That he's bad for team locker room chemistry. Okay. And both of the reasons given when he was traded out of Boston was 
after the season was over, the team went on a trip to Vegas where they just got drunk in Vegas for a week. Well, that's pretty irresponsible. And he didn't go. Oh. So we got to trade him because he didn't want to get drunk in Vegas with his teammates after the season was over. Yeah, well, over. good riddance. Get rid of that bum. And then in, in right? getting traded out of Calgary, the reason was uh, the team was all drinking and having lunch at Moxie's. And, oh. And Dougie went to a museum instead. And people are like teasing him for this. That that this is no that this was cited as an example of why he's bad in the room, because they're all eating at a terrible chain restaurant, and he's on the road in a foreign city and decided to culture himself. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by this. Hang on, so the team got rid of him because he didn't want to go to Moxie's. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I mean I'm no genius. I'd way rather go to a museum than Moxie's. Yeah, I know. I I not to spend too much time dwelling yeah, on this is so hockey boring, thing, but this is but a I, fun story. I did I wrote on Twitter this week about when I was uh, uh in high school working at my first job ever. Yeah, okay. At a summer job in the summer of 2013. I would've oh, been 15 yeah, turning 16. 69. Turned 16 that summer and uh was Got your work, driver's license. was working my first ever job and uh was working as an actor at a as at a theme park basically, oh, okay, a tourist yeah. trap attraction tourist park to be clear not like a leonardo dicaprio sort of thing no okay i i was i we did three shows a day where i where i was in a musical where i acted and sang i know this about you but and then when i wasn't in the show i was wandering around the park in character talking to people as my character who was the character i don't even remember his name at this point what was he an animal but he no he was like uh he was like an old businessman. Ah, you would kill and it I, this. I was 15 years old, and I was playing like a 60-year-old. <laughs> I bet you killed it. Pining after an old lady. Okay, so can you answer this question? But, but, here's, the, but here's the thing. Go check your Twitter. We saw the anecdote. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Let me just say. <laughs> All right. That during that whole summer, everybody at the park would want to go get hammered and party together every night after work. And that's insane. Like... Do you not have other friends? Do you not have? Are you not in a place socially where you go to work and you work with the people that you work with and you like them certainly, but at the end of the eight and a half hours that you put in with them every day, you have a life outside of work. You have other friends and other commitments, and you maybe want to go see a movie. You might want to do literally anything other than continue to hang out with and get drunk with the people that you just spent nine hours with. Right? Does I mean, that not? I don't know. <laughs> so. Like I never. I, went I to would those think parties. I would think that was weird if I if I was working there and there was one guy who like not always to, never came. Not yeah, to I, brag about getting drunk as a sixteen year old, <laughs> but like I never went to those parties. And I'm thinking about that, thinking like if this was like hockey, were they good parties? Like, That's what I'd have to know. If if is in hockey culture, am I a bad teammate? Am I a cancer in the room? I have no idea. Because I don't want to get drunk with the guys with, who I've just spent every waking second. Of my life with, other than the rare moments that I get to myself. I know nothing about how good these but isn't, <laughs> but isn't that weird, though? Like, I don't know. It's my 16 job. I hung out with the people I worked with a bunch. Yeah? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I didn't think it was weird people who didn't either. I don't know. I guess I don't have a lot to say about this. Like, I, I, it would depend. If it was a good party and you were constantly turning it down to go hang out with other people, I'd be like, well, that's kind of strange. But also when it's but like if it was every like a la- night. Yeah. If it was like lame hangs all the time, yeah, fuck them. I, I'd have a hard time having a general rule about this, I guess. Like in this Moxie's Museum situation, it's very clear to me. But without knowing the go quality of the Go to the museum. Department. You go to the museum. What are you going to eat at Moxie's? 
forget it. Uh, so who? Salt and pepper wings. <laughs> now, uh, I'll say this. Uh, I don't think the WWE certainly locker room is what it once was for that. I don't think it's like the the boys club drinking, going out. You know how Undertaker knows like every good strip club in America kind of thing. I don't think that that is really the road the, dog has a blow hook up in every city. That's right. Like, I, do you get the sense that's the case anymore? I mean, Road Dog still has a bro connection <laughs> in every city. Yeah, that's <laughs> but no, that's I don't definitely think, true. I don't think the guys are going crazy partying. John Cullen has entered the room. Yeah, as soon as I hear Road Dog's name, oh yeah, you're come on in. Are you a big Road Dog guy? I was John? a big New Age Outlaws fan. You know, I think and it's an even bigger Cocaine fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know how much I love uh, cocaine. Uh, that's uh, what me and my the notoriously straight edge John Cullen has yeah. one exception. <laughs> if it goes up your nose, it doesn't count. Yeah, absolutely. It's the anal doesn't count of drug use. Yeah, John, exactly. Consider- it's like God doesn't uh, think cocaine is a drug. <laughs> so it's fine. So you can have, you can do cocaine. John, do you consider yourself straight edge? No. Oh, okay. I don't do any of the stuff, but I also am not really the like, to me, straight edge is kind of associated with like being preachy about it. Yeah. Like CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. And so you don't try to associate with CM Punk in any way. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. But I don't you are care. also a failed cage fighter as well. That's. <laughs> I honestly think that me and CM Punk would have done about the same. <laughs> you might have done better. I mean, who you're knows? Not, you're, you're younger. I'm younger. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm younger, younger. and uh, I mean, he's in better shape, th- maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's tough, but yeah. So th- this is the thing that I think a lot of times I forget now too, and I, I notice this with a lot of like uh, Smarks. Uh, it's like when I first started watching wrestling, like the new age outlaws were my favorite wrestlers. Like I had a road dog shirt. Wow. You know, people always get like, Oh, they got to turn Cena heel. They got to do this. They got, it's like, I think a lot of people really lose sight of the fact that like wrestling is for kids and you, well, that's all for John Cullen folks. He'll be uh, <laughs> back. Absolutely. Never here on top. And like, and like being really good at at wrestling does not all i'm saying is like it's for adults too but when you're an adult you care more about the wrestling than when you're a kid right. I think when you're a kid it's just like the character that appeals the most to you and it's i think sometimes true. it's like hard for us to imagine like how is wrestler x so popular why does vince keep pushing wrestler x and it's like you don't see the merch sales you don't see what's going on like it's yeah true. i the first wrestling shirt i ever bought was road dog roll wow. the, roll the dog a bone <laughs> Uh, the question, John, was sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. The what wrestler is the Dougie Hamilton to the WWE's oh. locker room? So who's someone? Justin Seth Rollins came to mind for me. He's a guy who does CrossFit. He keeps his body very, you know. No, he he drinks though. Oh, I think I he? know the right answer. Uh, okay, go ahead. I think it's Dolph Ziggler, isn't it? No, I don't. I feel like Dolph is like he's of that old school still. See, I don't think he's that popular, and he also like <laughs> he wants to be a stand-up comedian and not really a wrestler. Like I feel like part of the thing with Dougie Hamilton is people feel like. Ah, he just doesn't even really care about hockey. That's interesting. You know, uh, anybody come to mind for you, Jamo? Uh, I think, th- yeah, that before he got cut, the clear answer would have been Enzo Amore. Right, he was we so know. ostracized. He didn't even get to get changed in the change room. They would not allow him in the locker room. Yeah, he had his own so, dressing room, a laundry room in whatever arena they were in. So, oh, I didn't know that. Speaking of yeah. being disruptive But isn't Cass like room, that too? Like I heard that the reason that the main reason Cass got fired was because he broke off a bus door. It's actually come out that that isn't the case. Oh, but, okay. uh, the, yeah, he thought he, the story on that was he thought the, he was locked the in latch just failed on the on the bus bathroom door okay and he thought he was being ribbed that somebody was like holding the door shut that he couldn't get in or get out which as somebody 
who in my uh, in another life went on European tours with the with a uh, boys choir. Uh, what? I, I can tell you right now. This happened. I can tell you right now that yeah, pe- pe- yeah. that people <laughs> holding the door closed and not letting you out of the washroom is a rib that people do do on See, tour buses. Like I was that. on numerous band trips. No one would have. I'm not trying to brag here. No one would have fucking dared to have done that to me because they knew I would have just instantly started beating the mm-hmm. shit out of you. Must have been like but you must have been a sturdy dude. But then Cass kicked the door down. Yeah. And it was not a rib, it was just a busted latch, and everyone was pissed at him because he did that very early in the tour, and they had to spend the next, like, week, essentially, with a bus where nobody could piss privately. Oh, I mean, whatever. Not a whole lot of fun. I, I mean, think if you're a lady, that's probably worse than if you're I a guess lady. that's true. I forgot there was ladies present. In my mind, it was only men. Let's turn this question on its head a bit. Who is still, like, hanging on to the days of yore? Who in the WWE locker room is, like, getting trashed six nights a week, dragging whoever they can with them? I have an answer. I know. who. I feel like there is an answer. It's the good It's brothers. definitely Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. It absolutely is. Who's joining them? Uh, Dean Ambrose? I don't know that AJ no, is. He's with Renee. He's busy. AJ's probably not going out to the bars. No, with he's the playing Xbox. He loves games too much and yeah, the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who else will really give her on the roster right now? Well, it would be someone from SmackDown would be joining Gallows and Anderson. Could it be Samoa Joe? Maybe. I, I mean, bet Samoa is, Joe can throw him back. He's pretty overweight. <laughs> what what are you saying, John? I'm saying that uh, he looks like he could throw a few back. It wouldn't surprise me though if like Rusev enjoyed a night on the town every oh, so often. Oh man, God bless. Yeah, Rusev. maybe. Uh, who was I gonna say? Oh, I feel like um, Tyler Breeze. I think that's a good answer. He's from yeah. BC, which has a certain yeah. reputation. His yeah. whole gimmick when they called him up to yeah. the main roster was that he had like a private club section that he would come sit in with yeah. Summer Rae. I like exactly. that answer. So he was, Thanks. Yeah, it's probably based <laughs> on the fact that he was watch a welcome. lot. Uh, watch a lot of wrestling. I'm intimately familiar with all of the wrestlers and characters. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I would come up with the best answer. All right, easy there, Dougie Hamilton. Let's. <laughs> this question comes to us from Blair Pacheco, our friend. Tranquilo Pacheco. And I he, like that you guys have so many uh, combino combiny things. Do you actually like it, or are you making fun of? No, it? No, no, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. It's a nice because uh, I I. Okay, I'll be honest. I went into the kitchen to eat after I did the keep it or kick it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is the second time I've been on their podcast. And I've just been mean to them the whole time. Yeah. And I should just be nice. What's a nice thing? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I like when they do the combiny things. Okay. Well, I, it's so hard to take a compliment from you square down the middle. I still feel like it's a joke. No, it's not a joke. I'm not, The bathroom door. If this was the bathroom door, it's just the latch is broken. <laughs> I'm not ribbing you, bud. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Hit me with a question. I, li- I like that. Yeah, I I also feel like I got to be a little more low energy when I come on here because you guys are both extreme high energy. So I feel like that's the the dichotomy, I think, is uh, I come on and people are like, oh, it's a little bit just a little slower pace. Right. Uh, I feel like you're like Kyle Dubas making a trade right now. Yeah, yeah. You're turning over a new leaf. Hey. Is that hockey? Yeah, that's a hockey thing. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that was good I hope we're going to turn over a new leaf in a couple days, if you know what I mean. John Tavares. There you go. Yeah, you are all about this guy because he's maybe Portuguese. He definitely. <laughs> he's, he's maybe Portuguese. Well, my, uh, we have... Uh, well, his, por- his last name, I guess, is Portuguese? In, through marriage, we have the other side of the custodial family are Tavares's. Oh, really? So I just assume the fellow's Portuguese. 
All right. I'm apparently pretty good at the the great sport of hockey. Wow. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, also good at building decks. And there's another guy also named Parker. John Tavares, who's apparently like the best lacrosse, lacrosse player, player of all time. time. And he's John Tavares's uncle. Look at me. Really? Yeah. You didn't know. That. I didn't know that they were related. Yeah. I mean, Portuguese crank out. John Tavares is also extremely good at lacrosse. I don't know why. I, he the the younger one. No more know. hockey. Ask the question. I don't know why I assumed that <laughs> no uh, one is still listening. There would be two men named John Tavares, and there'd be no relation. Ah, but I mean, uh, it's all good. John Tavares, no relation. Is uh, I thought that would be funny. Maybe I don't know. Uh, this question comes. It was to it. Us. Yeah. It's the name of his comedy <laughs> album, John Tavares. No relation. <laughs> this one comes to us uh, from Blair Pacheco, like I said, and yep. he asks, "Who on 205 Live has the most potential to move up and succeed on Raw or oh, SmackDown?" Yeah. Also, what did you think of Leo Rush's debut? A rich swan. <laughs> wow, that's wow. that's a bold take. John loves Rich Swan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. I uh, obviously I know the, all <laughs> the things that are going on, but I'm not joking. That like literally the last time I watched 205 Live, Rich Swan was the champion, and it was when people were like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be unreal." Yeah. So like in my world of wrestling, if I didn't also read like wrestling websites on the internet and like follow you guys on Twitter, <laughs> I like I might have legitimately been like, "Rich Swan, that guy <laughs> seems like a good guy." I like, think people really did think he had like some upside. Is like oh, not necessarily champion, but like the top babyface yeah, on I mean, the show. Yeah, we talked about it at the time when the news came out. Part of the reason why it was so heartbreaking was that the guy seemed uh, like genuinely great. That's right. Part of his character was his real life story of like my one of my parents died at a young age, or both of his parents I think died at a very young age. That's a, both. And he's yeah. like wrestling gave me direction in life. And right. Oh my, real good story. I owe Just everything. Not enough. I owe wrestling. Not enough direction. <laughs> I owe everything to wrestling, and then uh, suddenly that looks bad on wrestling. Needed his yeah. grandparents to die too to have the exact amount of direction that would have stopped him from attacking his wife. I'm gonna say though, I'm gonna answer the Leo Rush part of this question first. Yeah. Because I think you can weigh in on this, John. Okay. Leo Rush's finisher is the lowdown. Oh, he's doing yeah. the D'Lo style frog, frog splash, splash. Ooh. except you he's getting way more height on it than D'Lo oh, ever man. got. You know and I it love me some D'Lo Brown. So that I, chest I, protector angle was just great. Yeah, that's the that's the reason why D'Lo couldn't get the height that Leo Rush gets. <laughs> he was protector. being weighted down by his chest protector. Makes sense. That was fair. a great feud, D'Lo Brown and Val Venus. Uh, go out of your way to watch Leo Rush versus Marty Skrull that happened at uh, Ring of Honor, best of the best last year too. That's still my favorite Leo Rush match. Uh, in terms of his debut, I, I only saw the highlight clip that the WWE threw on their YouTube channel, but it looked like Leo Rush. It looked, uh, you know, very. Uh, high speed, high flying, everything you come to expect from him. In terms of who from I'm a guy named Rush, feel it. <laughs> Premium. That's why I'm here, guys. Yeah. Uh, in terms of who, also, I, I guess because the fact he's only on 205, which you have to have the WWE. Oh, I, li- I literally have. N- I could not answer this question. I don't know. I don't think I know anyone on 205. But if you got, if you right got to pay money to be able to watch him, is he not? Premium rush. Yeah, oh there my we go. God, well oh, said. this That's is good. so bad. <laughs> That's great. That's great stuff. You know what? It's actually a little bit. I think they should have had him make his debut. I don't think he's quite ready. I think he needed another two months to make his debut. <laughs> yeah. So then it would be August rush, guys. Uh, I think he's not ready. Also, <laughs> and they should have delayed him by about I don't know. <sighs> roughly ninety-four years, yeah. so he could uh, debut in twenty-one twelve. <laughs> I was going to say, the worst part about him is that he doesn't tag with Getty Lee and Neil Peart. I think that he, uh, to be honest, no, but in all seriousness, yeah. I, I, w- I think he would have been best suited to make his debut in California because it would be, you know, San Francisco. Right? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> 
Um, I uh, so we'll say Neville doesn't count for the sake of this. Yeah, because he clearly should have been on main roster. Yeah, anyways. I mean he, he has been, and he isn't on two hundred five live. Is uh, Neville back? On no, two? no. no. Okay. I'm still, gonna, still sitting out. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna stay with who who I still feel like is sort of the guy that he's not doing it right now. But I'll say Jack Gallagher. I could really see success for on the main roster. He can talk. I love his in ring style. He has like a very clear gimmick. I think if they gave him the ball to run with, he could do good things. Man, I will say I'm. I think like all of their tag teams could be in the main roster tag division. Like, Lucha yeah, House Party could be in any of the tag divisions on SmackDown or Raw. Uh, the tag team of Kendrick and Gallagher could be a tag team. Uh, yep. Tazawa and uh, Itami. Itami. Uh, but but I, I guess if I had to pick one guy, I will say Hideo Itami because, yeah. man, what a waste to put him on 205 Live only. He debuted by making the save, running out and saving Finn Balor on Raw. And oh right! That got a monster pop. Yeah, a I, for, monster I totally pop. forgot that happened. And then he was never on main roster television ever again. It's crazy. Our next question this week comes to us from uh, Max Friesen at Max Friesen ninety nine on Twitter. Max Friesen. Oh, sorry, I thought we were doing a. Oh, you were hoping to get we on a combined Max, listener of real good. Just Fanny trying, yours also just trying to get on a combined. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, what is the best Thanks, w- Max. <laughs> what is the best WWE storyline of all time that you think is worth a 30-minute video essay a la Showbuckle's videos on YouTube for New Japan Pro Wrestling? For those of you who are not familiar, Showbuckle is a tremendous YouTube channel that sort of breaks down the New Japan stories, uh, shows little clips, really good stuff, breaks down feuds. So what's a feud you guys would like to see from all time, like a, a mini documentary series made about? Uh, can I go retro and current? No. Can I make two picks? No, one answer. Okay. Because I mean, I have the same uh, fight. Going I think on they should do a, uh, a, a retrospective on the tag team of X Pac and Kane. Yeah, there's. We no. were just talking Honestly, about this today. Uh, <laughs> can I? Like, it's act, no, I think that's a good answer. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much here, but Josh has been talking about doing a solo show. Yeah. where he does a examination of classic feuds, and one of the feuds that I recommend that he did. Was X Pac and Kane, which is uh, well worth it. Uh, 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 no, I would say because um, it I, lasted for like eight months. That feud it, for it, me, yeah, probably one of my favorite feuds, and I think it would be interesting because you could also look at the fact that it was uh, both their simultaneous rise, but the like 1998 feud into 1999 of the Rock and Triple H. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Wow, yeah. those are both yeah, great answer. You know, like the ladder match, SummerSlam 98, all that, because I think it's interesting because obviously it was a great feud and lots of good matches, but then also that was like essentially what launched both of them. It so totally you could kind of talk about how that kind of made both their careers. The, There's lots to talk about the there. Parallel trajectories. Yeah. Jamal, what for you? Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say Triple H and The Rock because they mm. do, they they are a, a long-running feud over the span of like five, six years. You could go the distance on these two guys rising up from the mid-card into the main event scene, like you said. Right. Uh, I also think that there's probably a lot of meat on the bone for Triple H and Foley as yeah, well. Yeah, that was my other pick. I um, thought that might be where you went. But yeah. if I, I'm going to go with uh, the the current one that I was kicking around, yeah. which I don't know. It's almost too fresh to do like a long-term thing with it, but it's also been going for so long now that it almost needs it. And I feel like cutting the clips together would do a great uh, job of putting all these recreated moments from within the feud t- side by side together for you to like really appreciate the visual poetry of what these guys have put together as well. Yeah. And that is 
Johnny Gargano and, and Tomasa Ciampa. It's been it has incredible, to yeah. and it's only going to continue. This is not even like this has to continue on the main roster. I would at imagine. some point they'll do at a so, minimum. But so like you know maybe the time to make this documentary is not right now. But in like five years from now, what feud deserves that treatment? There's nothing that's happened on WWE television in the last probably decade that's on the level of the kind of work that I think, Champa and Gargano are doing. I think right Punk now. Cena could sort of spit at it, but but I, I get your point. Uh, I don't know if it's just because it's in the news today, being the 20th anniversary, but I I just love that Mick Foley enters WWE and his first feud is against the Undertaker, and this is a different mankind than the guy who faces him in the cell years later. Mm-hmm. It's the 20th anniversary of that match. It's one of the you know fundamental, really backbone feuds for WWE that, or at the time WWF that they return to over and over. They also do callbacks to their spots. It's like some pretty advanced stuff throughout all of their matches. So I'd love to see one breaking down uh, not just Mankind, but Foley's relationship with Undertaker and how it sort of relates to him rising up the ranks. And I've said this on the show. I'm always shocked by the fact that that's... Man, like that's Foley's first feud. Yeah, the that Hell in a Cell match is the blow off to his first feud in the company, it's, which is so crazy. Uh, and then, well, not really. Uh, it, that, it, that's like in '98. Yeah, and you he could, debuted in '96, right? It, it's you could say it's like the blow off to their sort of overarching. overarching. Like, but right. they've come back and forth to it. But I, I really think there's there's a, a lot there, including like you think of the the in your house mind games finish where it's him and Shawn Michaels and about to put him in the casket. Who pops out? It's Undertaker interrupts the match like over and over throughout Foley's. Moments. He's just married to Undertaker. And this uh, this question was limited to specifically WWE feuds, right? Yes. In which case, I think a compelling answer as well, but most of this has taken place outside of WWE, is also uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, not where I thought you were going with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, great call. Uh, you want to hit us with our next question? Oh, here, you want me to read it? Yeah. Okay, this is from Coca-Cola LLC. Our, our gender fluid listener, listener whose gender, gender is, is also a fluid. A fluid. That works better when I say it by myself. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was still cool. Uh, what is one rule in wrestling you would change if you ran a promotion? Uh, CCW allows close fist to the head. It makes things look way better. That'd probably be mine. Uh, I would have a firm, hard and fast rule. If there's a ref bump, get another ref out there just immediately. Instantly. Yeah, just just. I'd have I'd have a line of referees waiting for every match. <laughs> just so I got one ref in the ring, and I got twelve refs just standing in a single file line in, in gorilla position, out. and then I'm sending out refs constantly. Anything come to mind for you, John? Um, no. What about switching like the DQ rules? <laughs> like that you're giving me suggestions? No, I would. Uh, uh, no, okay. Um, I, you know, I mean, call me barbaric. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> but I, I, I. You know, I guess we're just comparing to WWE in this sure, case. Yeah. I, I like blood. I mean, I think yeah. blood can really elevate some matches. Definitely I think it's can. a really big uh, thing that the WWE lacks. So, That's like, if I was running, my, I mean, I know there's tons of promotions where it's allowed. So, I'm not like breaking the mold here. I'm just no. I think it's compared a great call. compared to WWE, that would be that would be one of my things. I also would definitely make a. One thing that I remember, and I know people talk about it, it's not that useful necessarily, but I used to love, again, I always will go back to when I'm younger, when I'm on the show, but I loved how every pay-per-view had like a different feel, you know, like the different entrances, the different feel, a set. set. Yeah. And I know that there's really no uh, like monetary reason for the WWE to continue to do that, but I feel like it really made things special. Especially now that their whole 
ev- like every piece of their set is made out of LED screens now. Yeah, yeah. So you can give something a different visual look. It does Just, lose something. It though. does. That's yeah. what I feel like. I, you know, it is, especially with people, I think already feeling like pay per views have lost a bit of their luster with the network and stuff like that. To have these like different sets and and this really different feel. Like I still remember the like swinging hooks from Backlash. Yeah, I dude, mean, that that's the most one. classic. That was set. so cool. Someone and I remember asked when us that, that was, question. When that was in No Mercy, the video game. Yeah. I remember being like, "Oh my god!" Absolutely, Chamo. You have to say it. Uh, what? John just referenced No Mercy. Oh right, No Mercy. Thank you, Chamo. Hit us with a question. Uh, this one comes to us from Sex Ferguson at <laughs> Butt Dickhead. Sure. Okay. <laughs> who asks? Uh, what is something about each of you that we might find surprising? I, 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 how do you answer this? So, I replied so, to him. So I said, this isn't a wrestling is, question. No, it's not. But it's, he just wants to get to know us a little bit. Get to know But us. how do I know what he would find surprising about me? Uh, I don't know. Anything? I, can, I, I, can I answer for you? I'll tell you what oh, I find surprising about you. I'm very smart. That, uh, <laughs> that is surprising. Over the course of the year that we've been doing this show, <laughs> yeah. that I have been referencing... Uh, in every conversation we've ever had about Authors of Pain, oh, <laughs> Sonny Dinza from Abbotsford, the wrestler Sonny Dinza from Abbotsford, Josh has never put together that that was Sonny Dinza that he went to high school with in Abbotsford. Not only went to high school with, was on the wrestling team. Yeah. With. So what the fuck, man? But hang on. In my defense, I was in grade 11. In my defense, I'm very stupid. That is true. He just said he was brilliant, <laughs> yeah. though. When I was in grade 11 wrestling, we weren't in the same grade or weight class. Like, my friend Old Tiles was actually like, he's, he was watching Raw, and I was like, uh, did you, why is Sonny from wrestling? on Raw and I was like that's Sonny <laughs> and then sure enough yes Sonny did so went to WJMO it uh, so yeah yeah I guess that that is surprising yes yeah, I was surprised surprising that in literally every conversation we've ever had about <laughs> Authors of Pain this has come up and I do reference him <laughs> by name and location and you've never pieced together uh, that Sonny Dinza from Abbotsford is your well, Sonny Dinza from Abbotsford. To be clear, I didn't know his name was Sonny Dinza. He's Sonny. He's yeah. like a grade nine kid on the wrestling team. Sonny, I don't know. He looks com- I mean, he looks utterly different. He wrestled at probably like 150 in grade nine. The guy looks like four of me now. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a change. And you were never much of a Sonny D guy back then. Tell you him. were always a cola and purple stuff guy. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly the purple stuff. <laughs> um, uh, uh, wh- wh- what would people find surprising about you, J-Mo? Uh, I mean, I literally just revealed that I was in a, a touring boys choir that's that, true. Yeah. that went on European tours. That's definitely surprising. Uh, yeah. So that's surprising, maybe. It surprised both of you. Though I don't know. How no, I knew you, already. You I wasn't that. surprised. Yeah. I was laughing at him for not knowing. Because we talked about it very early on in Real Good Show yeah, History I mean, because I, of Tom. I'm, I'm also going to pay for this. that plug. What? You're going to pay for that plug? No. I'm going <laughs> to reference this uh, right now, which you know as well. But uh, there was a tweet that was going around this week that was like, "What's the most uh, <laughs> the true a true thing about yourself that is like unbelievable or whatever?" Oh, and mine for that is, I sang the national anthem on the ice at a Vancouver yeah. Canucks game where the Queen of England dropped the puck for a ceremonial face-off between Marcus Nasland and Mike Ricci. Yeah, this one I know, and it is surprising and amazing. It's yeah. a really cool story to have. John, anything people oh, would find surprising about you? God. I hang out with you sometimes. I think people might be surprised to find out that you're fun. <laughs> you're a fun person to hang out with. <laughs> oh, yeah? is that, Do I not seem fun on this show? Nope. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you seem... 
I, I think that part of what you do is like you try to put forth a sort of like uh, deliberate kind of thing, but you're you're a goofy, silly boy. Yeah, sometimes I, I can be silly. Maybe I just bring out uh, yeah. the, the silliness. Yeah, it's like um, you know how uh, sometimes uh, you say about sports, you say like, "Oh, that team like plays down to their opposition." Yeah, what do you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when I'm like hanging out with you, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I'll just be dumb and silly." Toilet humor. Yeah, what exactly. do you mean? I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh well, that's that's once again. What is? I mean, do people that don't they don't even know me? I mean, I curl. I feel like people always yeah. find that's like very weird and at like a pretty high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play at a pretty high level. I mean, so world, you're world you're ranked. a free agent right now, right? No, I have a team for. Oh, really? Yeah, I, had oh. a team for a while. So, oh, and you have a curling podcast. That I you're do launching. have a curling podcast coming out in the fall. Yeah. When uh, you want to plug that? What's it's, it called? Uh, it's called Stone and Straw. You can follow it on Twitter at Stone Straw Pod. And you're sponsored. Someone's paying to fly you to places to yeah. interview people. I have three sponsors. I'd say that's the most surprising thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, I would say my regular Twitter is very bad, but I'm, like, very good at curling Twitter. Like, oh. You know how, like, when ESPN prints their, like, top 100 athletes' mm-hmm. Twitters? Like, I feel like in curling, I'm, like, a top five Twitter account. Like, oh, that's un- cool. Like, undeniable. I, cool. I and just... Then, uh, how many curling Twitter accounts are there? I thought there were, there, like, Well, lots five. of... Five. Cur- <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> if, uh, exactly. Lots of curlers, like, have their own accounts and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, so I'm counting all of them. But I just, but I would say like, uh, yeah, in curling, I just know, I know how to do it. I know, I mean, obviously I learned some stuff with RGS, but yeah, getting sponsors wasn't difficult. I think people realize that it's going to be a pretty big pod. Okay. I feel like you're holding out on me though, because the show that we've done 150 episodes of already, you can't get any sponsors for that. Well, I haven't tried. But a show that you haven't (laughs) done a single episode of has three sponsors. What's going on here? How are you going to get us a sponsor? It's um, a different. I don't. I just don't think that Dynasty Curling Supplies wants to sponsor real good. Yeah, show. you're getting that uh, Pinties money yet, or Pinties or Pinties? pinties? Uh, no, no. Uh, but maybe in the future, if the, pod, if the pod goes big, you never know. I thought of one for me. Yeah, um, I thought we already came up. I with mean, one. Pinties got a sponsor. Top marks. Also, we got the Chicken Wing King right here. Me and Pinties talk on Twitter all the time. They follow me. Right. Yeah. So you, why don't you, you DM Pinties a lot? Right. I like chicken wings a great deal. Yeah. yeah. Slide in the DMs then. You should set up the sponsor. Yeah, I really should actually. Do you yeah. think I get Pinties to sponsor the show? Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely, as long as you don't tell them anything about the numbers. <laughs> now, what, what do you think our numbers are? How many people do you think listen to an episode? Uh, Well, you, do you guys even know that? Yeah, it's 7,000. Yeah. All right. J- JMO, are you ready for our I would say, what is it? Like, probably like, uh, I'd say you, at this point, you guys got to be up around 200 an episode. We get like eighty-five downloads. So, so in terms of streams, probably yeah, in total close 150, to 200. 200. Yeah, something yeah, like okay. that. Cool. Pinties is like a big, like they're just a big company. So. Yeah, well, we could talk about them all the time and say how their chicken wings are good. Though. Yeah, yeah the, but they'll probably just let you keep doing that for free. And I'm going to be honest, like, I would never do that for free. I mean, you just did a bunch. I'm going to be. I'm I was be... giving them a sample, but oh, okay, gotcha. the first one's free. Then you got to pay for it. Ah, uh, yes. I'm like not... my like my beloved cocaine. <laughs> 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 if you were to broadcast chicken wings to a group of 150 people, a pro wrestling podcast is no, a great, sure. really good. It's place. not a. Ba- you're right. You're right. Chicken how was it? Uh, how was your guest last week? Do you think people will like him more than me? Yeah. Okay. He definitely. Yeah. He brought gifts. Yeah. He brought, oh, us, he brought gifts. He yeah. brought us. DVDs oh, is that where you got the beer? Vader thing from? No, uh, oh. that was mine. Oh, okay. And I left it here because yeah, yeah. it'd That's be nice cool. for this. Yeah. Sure. 
So okay, so but no, but I'm saying the listeners. I'm not saying you guys. Oh, do you think the listeners? I think the will listeners like... appreciated that he brought gifts. Also. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. And like, he, well, yeah, what he a knows things about wrestling. He too. knows things. Yeah, okay, he knows more than me. But I think you're more of a known uh, quantity. He didn't right. talk about how much he admires uh, Rich Swan either. So. Yeah, that was which is probably a strike against him uh, in <laughs> the eyes of our listeners. If I had to say, speaking Very of strike, um, <laughs> all right, our next one here comes to us from James at Blazer Bull, and he asks. I don't follow the wrestling business all that closely. Oh, I got you your back, James. (laughs) (laughs) But why can't Vancouver get a pay-per-view or a Raw or SmackDown? I'm sure the answer is simple, but I've never dug into it. Maybe you guys know. I'm going to guess, and I think it's that they know when they put a show in Portland or Seattle, Vancouver fans will travel. Yeah. And and it's a huge pain in the ass to bring your broadcast truck and all of the – like, it's, it's a huge pain in the ass to bring the ring and all that shit town to town by itself, I'm sure. But it's a lot easier to just do a house show where you don't also have to bring all the, the trucks and the broadcast crew as well. When you're talking about a difference between Canadian and American dollars there, too, right? Like, if you feel like – if it goes two ways, if you feel like the Seattle people would go to Vancouver, the Vancouver people would go to Seattle, you definitely want the, is, the most of your tickets sold in USD. Is Toronto the only city they'll do tapings at? Montreal uh, no. sometimes? Ottawa got yeah, a SmackDown recently. But, oh, again, really? that was part of, like, a Toronto weekend. Yeah, it's like if you're already in Toronto, you might as well do Ottawa and kind Montreal, of thing. Or same thing with Montreal. Montreal is uh, – it either, it, it, yeah, it just did like a month ago, got Raw and SmackDown back to back. Oh, that's fun. And Calgary, actually, I don't know that Calgary. I was going to say, has. I feel Calgary like hasn't ha- been on TV in like five years at least. Was, was, is Vancouver, the was the last one the 2001 Raw? Uh, 2003, they did a Raw oh. at the yeah. Coliseum. Okay. And the last pay-per-view was New Rock Blood Bottom. Rising. Was it Rock Bottom? Yeah, Rock Bottom has to be, yeah, right? Yeah, 98. Crazy. As new, far as WWF goes, new, yes, blood, new rising. blood Rising is the last pay per view in Vancouver. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, that uh, does it for our questions but, this week, good friends. I mean, I I know you just talked about it that it's probably an American dollars thing, but oh, it, yeah. it does infuriate me that if you can see that the fans will travel, why would you not think that Seattle and Portland could come to Vancouver also? Because well, they don't care. They got more shit going on there. Yeah, like Seattle, there's lots of stuff going on. Like I don't think people from Seattle come to Vancouver for much. Seattle like they'll come here for the weekend, but as far as like coming for an event, I think that's true. Seattle gets like two Raws a year, though. Like why can't Vancouver have one? I mean of Everett. Those? We went to Raw in Everett. Yeah, we did. I mean Everett's a, just, Everett's a hole. Went to SmackDown on my birthday in Seattle this year. I mean, why has it got to be in Seattle? Give me that name. I got. Is, I, it, is I there got one a coming silver up? Tip for you, WWE. Wow, nice. Why don't you have a fucking taping in Vancouver? That's Hey-o. what I'm saying. Tell I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going to give him a tip. You might as well make it a gold one. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, yeah, I would say, um, I would say that uh, when's the next Seattle Raw? Do they know? I, no Do we know yet? I don't think there's no one idea. announced right now. Cool. But with Dan we Dan should Brian. go because I gotta. I want to get down there. I, I actually think it's in October. Oh, my birthday, your birthday. Well, if it was around our birthday. Yeah, I'm down because uh, that was really fun when you and I went. Yeah, and, I had a great time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's been loaded, a up, loaded up on paydays. As well, we, I feel we like that was border. like the, wasn't it like we had like pretty much just started doing RGS, right? Like it was kind of a spur of the moment. Yeah, I think it was like episode five or Yeah, so? it was like right around then, like right when we first started. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, let's do it again. 
It sounds great. I'm excited for it. All three of us. Oh, my goodness. The fun will keep on rolling. Uh, Justin, anything else we need to get out of the way before we go? Give them the go-home cue for the week. Uh, again, if you want to hear our bonus episode, Bonus yes. Marks, uh, where we talk about the 17th annual Tournament of Death. And, and I would say it's, yeah. it's worth the dollars in some way just to hear the, the noises that emit Justin's body at some points. Because it's, uh, uh, it's really horrific, the things that happen. Yeah, I heard you fell asleep. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, he, he really doesn't think he fell asleep here. I That's what I heard. I heard you fell asleep in during the the bonus episode. Uh, well, I was, only during the watching. Oh, the, during the watching. But I was awake the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay. But how would I re- how would I know when to react? We could not figure that out. You were you would be snoring, and then you'd be like, "Whoa!" It was I'd never seen anything like it. It's because uh, I was awake for 20 hours straight. Were you in like a say. fugue state? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that there's like a space in between, but it was definitely funny. Uh, yeah, I was not I was not asleep, but I wouldn't say I was fully awake Okay, either. You're All in right. that space. In I between. was listening, and I had my eyes closed, and somehow from the commentary cues, I knew when something big was going to happen. I'd always open my eyes for it. I wonder if that's some sort of like DNA thing in you. It's like a play-by-play commentator. <laughs> like you can follow the action. Like even if you're like just hanging on to a thread, right. you're like, I can hear the voice ramping up. <laughs> you like you know the timing so innately. It's like, and now, <laughs> and I shoot open, and then I would see it, and I'd be like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And you did, did see some grizzly. Did things. you? Uh, um, so you, because uh, well, we talked about it before you went and did it. Did it end up being as gross as you you didn't enjoy it? There's, I mean, I I did enjoy it on some level, but I also hated it on another sure. level as well. I think I would hate it on all levels. You definitely would. Yeah. Uh, did you feel Justin that like the descent is. A, De- how do you say it? Desensitization. Desensitization. Oh, thanks. Do you feel like that occurs really early? Yeah, because you just because twenty minutes of that show, you've just seen the opening match was the best match on the show. Yeah, and then everything else just feels repetitive. So wait, that. these guys do so like someone who wins the first match comes back and does another one. They do. Yes. The winner has wrestled three matches, oh. death matches, by the end of the night. Oh my god! And it's like glass. Why? Pains, like, what's the point? Cinder blocks. Who likes barbed that? wire? How, why do you like it? What's a, what is appealing to that? You don't you don't feel for this guy and his family and his like. I can explain it super succinctly. I mean, the winner of the tournament looks like a gas station attendant. So it, sure, it's, it is the. It's not like he's like a super athlete putting his body through the. No, finger. I know, but I mean, fuck. It's for like me, it's the utter he's... it's the utter antithesis to the like wrestling is fake discussion. Like you are watching this, and it is the most real wrestling you can possibly watch. And I think there's some appeal there for me. Okay. That's a, well, that's weird. I would say the real reason. It's a to, weird appeal, a weird so thing to appeal to, because it's almost like you're like, nah. It's like it's it's for the haters. Nah, wrestling ain't <laughs> fake. I don't know. Watch it's this guy get slammed on some broken Snapple bottles. I would never say like tournament of death is worth like carving out three hours of your life for, but I think like or carving I, out their bodies. Am I right? But there you go. But in like the Josh Custodio Dream Wrestling Federation, there's a death match on each pay per view for sure. Oh my god. Um, I think the real draw though for the episode. Is our guest? Oh boy, comedian Jordan Ducharme, Lord. who whose deathmatch knowledge <laughs> is unprecedented. I'm seeing guys <laughs> who I've never heard of before, who I've never seen before, who, who look- like I said, look like <laughs> gas station attendants, and we're like, who's this guy? Ducharme knew every guy. Oh yeah, he's, he's from like, uh, AWA Mid South. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's famous out of uh, AIW Mid South or whatever. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> His, um, his his depth of knowledge was ridiculous. Do you think that Ducharme uh, likes it a lot? Because like I think when you're when you're like a kid, 
you know, uh, and you're like playing you're hockey. Like tape and you're trading like, with ECW tapes. I'm taking this in a way different direction. Uh, <laughs> when you're a kid and you're watching, like if you play hockey and you like watch hockey and you're like, you're trying to like emulate the pros, you know, you're like, oh yeah, oh, this no. is so cool. <laughs> I see. Like, do you think that like Ducharme just likes King of the Deathmatch because he sees, he's like, oh, I could be, I could be that. <laughs> No, he's he could never be king of the death match. I but mean, he could be a gas station. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He looks he looks like he just came from the Chevron. He's one of my very best friends. <laughs> I love the guy. I'm he's, just I'm I mean, I'm I'm lukewarm on him, but I <laughs> but I don't dislike him. I mean he's like no, he's a good guy. I just think that like You guys are very you, opposite. If you saw a guy no, yeah, but that's fine. We get along great. He's a fine guy. But I just would say that like <laughs> That's what I say about people I don't like. Oh, no, that's what I say about people I like. Oh. Uh, it's, yeah, like, he's a fine guy. Fine, what would you like, say about me? You're a fine guy. But... You like me as much as Ducharme? No, I like you much more than Ducharme. I would say of the three of you, I would I would describe Josh as a stand-up guy, but he's the only guy who doesn't do stand-up. <laughs> so I appreciate that, that uh, But yeah, just don't you think, though, so that you see Ducharme walking down the street, you're like, oh, that guy probably does King of the Death match? No, I think you think that guy probably does... A lot of drugs. Well, that like too. that's that's the sense. And that's, I, and that's right. I'd see him and be like, "That guy got a haircut." <laughs> yeah, he does. Look. Doesn't look nearly as scuzzy as he did before. That is hundred percent true. Uh, speaking of him. seeing scuzzy people walking down the street, though, can I just quickly end this episode by seeing it by saying that when I walked out of my office yeah. on I think Tuesday and went to, and got lunch and then went home, that came out uh, of the building and the first sight that greeted me as I took the corner and was walking towards Broadway was a hobo's dick. <laughs> In like a good way or it's bad not what way. I was expecting. I, uh, is there a good way? There's no good way to see a hobo's <laughs> yeah, dick, man. I don't man. think so either. I, uh, I so. mean, you're just hoping and nothing's coming out of it. Yeah, you're hobo open. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> pants were like down around his ankles, and I saw him. I was like, oh, that guy looks like he's, uh, you know, walking like one of those hip hoppers with his pants down Uh-oh. low. But then, yeah, there's no underwear. It's no, not like oh he boy. was had the saggy pants and underwear. It was just like, that's a hobo's dick. Was he well hung? Uh, looked like the thumb of an uh, old, uh, <laughs> old baseball glove. That's what I'll say. <laughs> the thumb of an old... Well, enough about your dad. Am I right? <laughs> I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Top Marks. If you're hearing my voice right now, we love you. We appreciate you so much. Like Justin said, if you want to hear more about Tournament of Death and Jordan Ducharme, you can head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks for if, five bucks. And if you'd never like to hear about a hobo's dick ever again... We could still use the money. <laughs> if you don't call this episode, episode 50-whatever, hobo's dick, <laughs> no buys. Until next week, stay hot. Stay spicy. Taste great. Because you're curry man. What? 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 Titus worldwide. John, you didn't do it along. Wait, what? That's how you end every episode? You know that as a loyal listener. No, I don't. Oh, you usually stop right before that. You guys should... Do something else. Well, yeah. Uh, what we is that from? No, I'm just joking. But what is that from? It's uh, the old Wyatt family interruption sound, and then it's the death sound in Street Fighter, and then uh, the it's Z- and then it's Zangief laughing. Oh, right. And then it's Titus Worldwide. How do you? How did you decide on that? I have no idea. I just did it. 
You did it once, and then he just started. No, doing he put it, it together. I put it then... together because we like we use a lot of Street Fighter Two sound cues throughout the oh, show. Oh, okay, I got it. So, Hadouken. So I used that. <laughs> I thought the death sound and Zangief laughing would be a good way to close it. And then Titus Worldwide is something that we invented. Yes, right. I know. And then he copied. And so uh, we close yeah. every episode with that. Oh, okay. And then it. on one episode, the sound ended, and then I just said And Josh it. knew that that sound would be coming. Okay. So it's like sometimes when we do the theme songs for real good. Yes, just exactly. Like, okay. Sing them. Cool. No, that's, I know. It was a good, uh, I mean, it was definitely very coordinated and also quite loud. <laughs> was that a compliment yeah 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 no, well just in my phones in my headphones i was like whoa boy they're not it's because I, I thought it was just going to be like a quick like hey we're done and then it was like 20 seconds later did you say that i was more or less unsettling than a hobo's dick uh oh less unsettling <laughs> hobo's dick is much more unsettling than that i would rather hear I that strongly like a, agree. i'd rather hear that not like me. 30 times in a row in headphones <laughs> than see a hobo's dick i'm interested in how the homeless piss <laughs> co-worker that i was with at the time told me oh yeah i've seen that guy taking a shit in the fucking little dirt like bush thing in front of like a corporate office before it was the same guy yeah hell yeah the serial dumper (laughs) titus worldwide